What's going on, boys? And welcome to the 90th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And Jamie, I was just, I was trying to find it, and I think it's somewhere around here, looking at it around there. But these right here are the Chronicles of George Corey and the artist Cleo. Yeah, they are. Absolutely like nothing we've ever done before. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Hit it! This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. It's Boba Fett here. This is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. Hello, everyone. I'm George Corey. I wrote the Presidential Conversations and Presidential Conversations for Kids. And we had been doing a, uh, the podcast, the social contract to bring the concepts and ideas. And we're going to talk about all that today um, and how it connects to, to us. Um, and we're going to do that with Tom and Jamie and the Chronicles of Podcasts. Your skin is wet. We're going to Boogie Lounge. Everybody, come on. One lot's famous for telling visitors to fuck off. And the other one's famous for singing Beyonce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 90th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these are the Chronicles of George Corey and the artist Cleo. It is I, the bearded brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, is this handsome fella right here. It's the Scotsman Tom. What's going on, guys? What's going on? How, how are you, Jay? You okay? You well? I'm you good. I'm to... good. You buckled in, you're sort of strapped in, ready to go for the 90th edition. Strapped on. Double seatbelt? Double seatbelt. Jeez, I mean, you are serious about this one this week. Oh, yeah. Well, this is um, unlike anything I've ever done before. I've got to be safe and prepared. This is very true. But let me start off with story time with Tom. Oh, yes. um, we've got a story, okay? This was from lockdown but made me be like, I'm sorry, is this a genuine article? And it was. And okay. it happened right here in the UK. Five parrots are separated at British Zoo after encouraging each other to curse profusely at guests. <laughs> I don't know what it is with us and our bird story. Well, yours was a cow, but I've had two bird stories. This is my second bird story. Yeah. In yeah. A British wildlife sanctuary has been forced to separate five parrots who wouldn't stop swearing at visitors. Keepers say the birds encourage each other to keep cursing and had to be moved from the main outdoor... Uh, sorry, I've lost my place. Outdoor Avery. Oh, yeah? Billy, Eric, Tyson... I mean, if you call it Tyson, I automatically... Yeah. Jade and Elsie, Elsie were mo- removed from view this week. The press reports they recently joined the Lincolnshire Wildlife Centre's uh, colony of 200 African grey parrots in August and were put in quarantine together and quickly overwhelmed the staff with their naughty language. Um, we're quite used to parrots swearing, but we've never had five at the same time, the centre's chief executive, Steve <laughs> Nichols, told the press. But most parrots clam up outside, but for some reason, these five relish it. According to Nichols, none of the zoo's visitors complained about the parrots, and most found them highly amusing. When a parrot tells you to fuck off, it amuses people very highly, he said. It's brought a big smile to a really hard year. <laughs> Still, 
He just thought it'd be best to keep them away from children so not to ruffle any feathers. See what they did there? They were separated and moved to various different areas of the wildlife centre so they were unable to provoke each other. Nichols told BBC News that the parrots swear to trigger a reaction or a response. So seeing people shocked or laughing only encourages the birds to curse more. With the five, one would swear, another would laugh. And that would carry on, he said. I'm hoping they learn different words within colonies, Nichols added. Nichols added, But if they teach others bad language uh, and I end up with 250 swearing birds, I don't know what we'll do. The swearing parrots are not the, are not the wildlife centre's only famous birds. Last month, a parrot at the zoo named Chico went viral for singing Beyonce if I were a boy. Talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum. One lot's famous for telling visitors to fuck off, and the other one's famous for singing Beyonce. <laughs> so weird, isn't it? <laughs> I just the fact their idea was let's separate them like they're naughty school kids at the back of the class. <laughs> I'd like if one of like Tyson gets put in and all of a sudden he hears, If I were a boy, like, no, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> I do love the idea of all five of them teaching the rest of the birds to swear, though. So literally, there's nowhere safe in that zoo now. How clever. How clever is that, though, that the birds were teaching each other and, and like, egging each other on sort of thing? Like, go on, go on, I dare you, I dare you, go on. Like, wanna, absolutely amazing. I want to know which was the one that knew it all first, because one of them must have learnt those swear words first. I bet it's Tyson. There's something about it. It's Tyson. Do you reckon? I've got, I got a feeling yeah, it's, it's Tyson. It's got to be. There's something in the name. It makes me think it's Tyson. <laughs> I thought that was incredible. So that's going right at the start of the show. Right at the start of the show. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. You saw something that really amused you on the internet this week, and so did I. Um, I had, you know, how Family Guy have those moments of like weirdly placed commercials as part of the joke of the show. It happened in real life thanks to Facebook, and it really made me laugh. Obviously, we spoke last week that I went to go see Kiss for the final ever UK show. Yep. Birmingham show, and they put a post up on Facebook saying, "Love what you do, and you'll never work a day in your life, Birmingham. We will never forget you." There was a comment on this post from the Shower Curtain Emporium. Yes, love what you do, and every day will be a rocking adventure, Birmingham. You've left an everlasting mark in our hearts, just like the electric energy of a Kiss concert. Our Shower Curtain Emporium collection is here to ignite your bathroom with style and flair. Like. What a random ass place to put a fucking advert. <laughs> so as we bid farewell to an epic night, let Shower Curtain Emporium remind you that the memories you make will never be forgotten, just like Kiss. I mean, it's almost like, yeah, you put a status up on Facebook, but it's like, my nan's passed away recently and we, we had a lovely funeral for her. It's like, carpet right, get your carpets here. Like, <laughs> your nan's got a lovely rug and a coffin. Well, you can come to carpet, right? And we'll supply you with the same rug. You're like, whoa, hello. <laughs> I just like, what the fuck? It's almost like the owner went to the Kiss concert and went, that curtain thing they have at the front of the stage. It's a bit like a massive shower curtain, then, as you know. Shower curtain emporium, perfect for Kiss fans. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know what Zuckerberg is letting happen on his on his Facebook, but it's fucking weird. It's because Kiss is 70 years old. They probably thought there's going to be a lot of old people in here. I know you need shower curtains. <laughs> <laughs> that or it. I'm surprised you didn't go with electric chairs. The electric, you know, that. <laughs> the Paul Stanley stairlift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he needs to go higher. So do you. 
Can't get as high as Paul. We've got you covered. <laughs> Sterlish United, sponsored by Kiss. It's just massive lips that just sit on your ass. It's like kissing your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm not surprised. It's I'm surprised it's not already a thing. <laughs> That's a very good point. Actually, really they endorse everything. Me. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised if they endorse this shower head emporium, whatever shower curtain emporium. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Jamie, I've got I've got a question for you. Yes, sir. Do you think slugs are just divorced snails? <laughs> she took the fucking house and everything. Michelle took the house. I've got nothing left. <laughs> hey, Michelle took the house. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like she she took it and everything. I've got nowhere to sleep. I just people keep weirdly covering me in salt. It's really it keeps me warm. It just kills me. For some reason, I explode. I don't know why. You ever done that? I've never done that myself. No, but I imagine for some reason, like slugs are obviously weird things, but they do like snails without shells. But hence the joke. But it's kind of, I don't know, they're just weird, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're very odd. And I remember when I first learned that they're not actually snails without the shell, it blew my tiny fucking mind as a child. They're just really weird. It's it's just, they've got to be descendant. In some way, they've got to be related in some way. Um, but they're just odd things. Like, they literally... What are you fucking looking at? Like, the speed of a sloth. And, yeah, I don't know. It's, no, I've never tried to put salt on a slug. I just I just look and go, why? And why are you leaving jizz everywhere? <laughs> it's the fact they move so slow. I think he's why I feel so sorry for snails and slugs as well. It's like people always go, oh, let's pick them up, move them out of the way. So no one stands on them. I'm like, at least move them in the direction they were clearly heading. Because if you put yeah. them backwards, yeah, poor be- sons of bitches, I'd be livid. Oh, you're going to carry that so lovely. No, 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 no. <laughs> Colin, Colin, help. Like, oh, this took me five years to fucking get that back. <laughs> Fuck's sake, and I've got to do it again. Are you fucking joking me? Colin's going to be halfway home already. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see him for another 10 years. I bet when you pick up moving to the direction they're going, they're like, Wee! <laughs> fucking loving life. <laughs> I wonder, like, because obviously, I wonder if they're, they're little tiny, I don't know if they have penises, must be underneath. So when they're, they're obviously rubbing it across the floor the entire Ooh. time, just jizzing everywhere. That just sounds painful. Dragging your cock across the floor. Nah, tell me, right? Tell me. <laughs> um, And finally, one thing I want to bring up, um, is I was wearing my Sophie Lancaster T-shirt today with the one with Weirdo Mosher Freak across it, yeah? Mm. And I was walking through Cheltenham earlier today, and um, this guy comes up and goes, nice shirt, mate. Ha, 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 ha. And then turned to his mate and was like, have you seen it? Have you seen how shit it? Really? And I was like, there we are then. There we are. You are the problem. Did you know that? that? And this proves why that shirt exists and why this yeah. fucking foundation exists. Yeah. I, I don't think she found it funny when that's what they called her when they killed her. Did you know that? Or no, no? of course not. You ignorant shit. I was oh. like, well, there we are then. You are the problem. And they just kept walking. And I was like, and you're not even going to turn around and, and, and interact? You think it's cool to just say something and fuck off at the same time? What a dickhead. Oh, just, why does I was boy? with I was with Callum and Callum was like, what did he say? Obviously, do you know what I call Callum? 
I call him the Henchosaurus Flex. Because this boy is fucking massive. You thought he was huge last year, Jamie. Oh, my fucking Christ. I saw a picture, and I think it was on Instagram early on, an Instagram story, and I was like, you fucking tank of a human. What is going on here? Instagram does not do it justice. Does yeah, not fine. do it justice. Like, he is massive. <laughs> so when I gave him a hug, I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, I can't <laughs> even get my arms around you. I'm, I'm tall. <laughs> so, yeah. I bet he gives the best hugs, though. No, it was it's great. It's just great to see him. Just really great to see him. Um, but talking of inanimate comments that made no sense, um, me and Keris were in Primark earlier as well in Cheltenham, and it was fucking busy. Uh, and whilst we were trying to get out, but there were people in front that were like chatting and being slow, so I was trying to weave around. And the girl behind me with her, I think Dad, was like, uh, I just want to get out of this shop, like really loud. But obviously he was just trying to, the fact that she was walking behind us. And I was like, walk around then. Like, <laughs> Why do you have to go on the walk round the clothes and you can and you'd be out? Just because there's a path, you don't have to follow it. It's not a rule. No. <laughs> Security's gonna turn path, no one can get back on that fucking path right now. Yeah. <laughs> well you need to do and look at uh, walking through them clothes. <laughs> no, no, I can think so. Um but it just reminds me of people that like to make comments without actually physically talking to you themselves. So like they'll oh. be like, absolute what a what a twatty ginger. And but keep but not actually looking at me. They just like do it out loud, and people are like hi. And I think they're hard as fuck, and I really hate that shit. Cowards, so, cowards, grow up, cowards, grow up, yeah, yes. grow up. So, how are you, my friend? Are you well? You're going to be shocked by this answer. I am knackered. I'm absolutely knackered. <laughs> Is it from all that sword wielding? It was. It was. It was fun wielding a sword. Yes. But yes, very very exhausting seal, sealed warding. Let me try that one again. You're sealed warding. on the brain again, aren't you? Oh, I have. Kiss from a rose on the brain. Mark, get the view, the strange art it feels. Yeah. I've already now had that, that song oh, ruined oh. for me. I've already had that song ruined for me. Do not ruin it for me even further. How have you already had it ruined for you? Because a friend of mine, Graham, we were listening to it once and he went. What was it? Is a been kissed on the nose by a gay, and that is all I fucking hear now. Every single time I hear it, it's kissed on the nose by a gay. Ooh, god damn you, Graham! But yeah, you got seal on the break. Yes, yeah, so you were sword wielding. I was sword, sword welding. I'm sorry, seal. It's, it's, I'm sorry. All right, but it's, we've got that stage in life now where I need to weld you to the seal. <laughs> If you're going to take a name like that, then you have to be a part of the of the colony. Okay, you're just, you're just so not sealy enough. You have to live in the sea, and I'm going to feed you not sea because I'm going to live in Sea World here, and I'm going to feed you fish. Okay, is that all right with you, Sealy? Not really. I've been kissed by a rose. I don't give a shit. You want to be? It's How do all... plants kiss anyway? How do flowers kiss you? <laughs> Please explain to me how this rose that you apparently have been have been making out with. I mean, I don't know. You, yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's got two lips. Hey. Are you are you into plantiality? Is that what it is? <laughs> into flowery flower no, it doesn't work. Never mind. That joke was funny, Sia, but I ruined it. So I was trying to make a joke about you being, you know, being into plantiality, and I tried to say flower reality, but it doesn't work because it sounds like flower reality, so it's not funny. <laughs> I know, I know what what an absolute bell end I am, eh? Sorry about that, Seal. I think I'll let you go now because I've just ruined this joke completely and I've gone on for too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little crazy, isn't it? But we'll never survive. 
I was starting to get a little bit worried about you. <laughs> you were saying, sorry, you were sword wielding, yes? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where we were. <laughs> yeah, that was like, a very busy day yesterday. Where, yeah, it was absolutely. And then today, just re putting the house together after having the kids stay. So, yeah, I'm just knackered now. <laughs> Your sister put up an absolutely fantastic photo earlier that I noticed. Not that one. Oh, uh, which one? The one where there's all of you together, but you're like, yeah, with your eyes I saw closed. that. I was like, why? Of all the pictures he chose, he chose that one. Oh, Jamie looks fucking bored. <laughs> I, I look like fallen asleep, or I'm stoned, or a mix of the two. Brilliant. I don't know. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely dreadful. Um, photo. Did you have to wear? So let, let, let's okay. I know we we'll are probably talking about. The, let's crap. We'll we'll get some content. What? So what exactly were you sword wielding for, Jamie? Basically, my my mum and her partner Tony yesterday they they got hand fasted, which is for those unaware, it's basically a pagan wedding. It's the best way to word it, really. So we went to a place called Mosley Bog. It's not as disgusting as it sounds. And there's an absolutely beautiful, massive oak tree. And we all went there, stood in a big circle. because it's what you do. I don't understand it all. I'm going to sound really ignorant. I don't really understand it. This is my mom and Tony's thing. I just embrace it. You do you. It's Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Me and my sister was looking at each other. was like, do you actually understand any of this? Well, I ain't got a fucking clue. So we're there for mom. Yeah, we're there for mom. <laughs> But I was a sword bearer. She was a ring bearer. And basically, I had to walk around the big circle. And then after the high priest does his thing, I had to hand him the sword. And then Rhiannon had to put the ring on the sword. And then my mum and Tony hold each part of the ring. And then they had their hands bind. That's, that's a pretty, pretty fucking big ring to go on a sword. Oh, it was. Though. It was a big fucking ring. It was like a big metal oh, ring. Oh, it's not like the thing. Thing. No, no, oh, no. Oh, I was going to say, where's that going? <laughs> Well, it went on my foot at one point. It fucking hurt. So it's a big, beefy ring. But it's all symbolic. So it's like the sword is the symbol breaking through all the things like troubles and fights have had in the past before they met and got together and bond, bonded together. And then there's the ring, because it's obviously the same reason as a wedding ring. So it binds them together. And then they had the hands tied together with this rope stuff. And each colour on the rope represented a different thing. And we, he put the red one, and he's like, red for lust. And I just looked at my sister, and like, ew. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, was, it was a really nice ceremony. I didn't understand half of it, but it was really, really nice. And it was just, it's just nice to see my mom happy. So that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So you were the sword bearer. I was a sword bearer. Renan was the ring bearer. Yes. Does that mean Becky was pole bearer? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Tony's daughter Tom. was the horn bearer. Oh, my days. Yeah. It's the only cop I could get. Sorry, is that all right? Like, it's pretty juicy. Is this, is this penis big enough or? Oh, not that horn. So sorry. Wrong Dad. horn. <laughs> sorry, Dad. I've let you down. Because they had to do like stuff with mead and drinking mead and then it all got mixed together and then it got put in the horns and then they had to do like, I can't do it myself. You know when you tie arms? And, and oh yeah, yeah. Someone, did, I don't know, did then Valhalla open and fucking <laughs> Thor appeared and was just like I bless much. this holy union pretty much yeah and there was lightning and everything it was fucking That's epic incredible. the Bifrost <laughs> just opened up I, I put the sword in the sky and opened it all up it was great I and really, I have the power came out of your mouth and I really want I did say to my mom, can I run off over there and do Thundercats and He-Man impression she was like I'd like to let you but it's not my sword <laughs> and I don't think Jamie you probably to grow up no I don't no <laughs> There's only so many times in life you get the opportunity to wield a sword and do stupid shit. That was one of them, and I didn't get to. Crazy. But the, when you're all holding hands around a tree, did you all have to hold onto handkerchiefs and then dance around? Uh, was that Morris? It's not dancing? Morris dancing. 
Debbie, Tony, if you are listening to this, I doubt it, but if you are listening to this, I'm only joking. I'm just having a little giggle and a little bit of a jive at Jamie's expense because I just enjoy it. Because if you dish it, you take it at the same time, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's all fun and games. Uh, and I congratulate you, and I hope it was an absolutely amazingly incredible day and all that sort of malarkey. I don't get pagan stuff. It's not my thing, so I can't comment or make any judgments or anything. Um, so I'm glad that it was a wonderful day for you both, and the weather obviously was... What was it, Jamie? It was superb. And the best thing was, because it was all these trees, it was lovely and in the shade, so we didn't have to die of heat while we were doing it all. <laughs> so I was like, yes! Beautiful. I spilled water over myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great. <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a beautiful day, and I got to see loads of people I haven't seen in absolutely years. It was like my mom's friend's son. The last time I saw him, he was a baby pulling hair out of my head, and now he's eighteen years old and he's taller than me. I was like, that is fucking weird. Like, yeah, I know it's weird how time works, but yeah, it's still weird. You know exactly <laughs> where Rome was going. You know exactly where Rome was going. I'm so proud of you. After ninety oh, editions, I know you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Yeah, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. One of those is in the journal this week, and I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, but anyway, how are you, sir? How are you? I, like yourself, I'm just absolutely bollocks, man. Like, we're recording this on a Sunday, so this stuff, one of the first ever Sunday recordings for the show, I think, ever. Um, because we have got a mental three weeks coming up, so we're now recording the shows on Sundays for the foreseeable. Um, so, obviously, my birthday's tomorrow. Um, which I'm very excited about. So this is technically a birthday show, in mm-hmm. a way. Um, I'm 36 tomorrow, which a lot of people have been quite surprised by, and that's blown my mind in the nicest way because they thought I was younger than what I am. So to everyone that's done that, thank you so much. Someone said I was 28 at work, and I was like, yeah, I don't think oh. I was like, oh, I love you. You're great. That's right. <laughs> I, was like, I had that the other day. Someone at work didn't believe I was 36. I was like, oh, I love you. You're great. <laughs> I don't want to fuck him, James. You know, let's, let's count on it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, I love you, but my penis is getting tingly. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my balls just tingled a little bit when he said that. Oh. Um, by the way, if you didn't realise, I'm leaning forward. And yeah, I'm not on the floor. <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry, George didn't clear where this is going. These guys are nuts. Um. Yeah, so birthday is tomorrow. So we've had a birthday weekend. So I am shattered. Like, I think Karis is already in bed. We are absolutely, <laughs> we're like... Huh? What's going on? Hey? Yeah, Thursday. Is that all right? What? <laughs> Pizza? Oh, sorry. Um, no, I don't I don't want Thursday as a topping, thank you. Um Yeah, so it's been a bit nuts, but it's been great, the man. Like it's been so nice. And obviously the big day tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so it's gonna be great. So yeah, yeah, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's Love been it. just a lot of traveling and it's seeing a lot of people and I'm fucking shattered. You be your birthday tomorrow, you're going to wake up at like two o'clock in the afternoon. You've slept the day away. I can't. I've got stuff to do. I've, like, I've got a whole oh. day planned, so oh, I'm going to be what? like... Listen, then, what are the birthday plans? As this is a birthday show. Let us know what you're doing. So the birthday, so tomorrow, I am... Uh, so, weirdly, Karis has got a dentist appointment, so we have to get up early, right? And it's, she was like, is it okay? It's like, what do you mean, is it okay? If you need to go to the dentist, I'm not going to be like, no, how dare you? Like... <laughs> This is my day. You want to get your teeth sorted? Disgusting. I can't believe you'd even suggest such a thing. Um, No, so she's going to the dentist. So we've decided to plan it around. So we're having a massive fuck-off cooked breakfast in the morning, which I'm very excited about. So Prezi's cards, cook breakfast, go to her dentist appointment, and then we're going swimming at the Lido in Pontypris. And it's brand new. And I was like, 
can we go in the day when the kids are at school and the parents are at work? So nobody will be there. So I can be like, la, 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 just enjoying a swim with fuck all people here. If it's full of old people, I'm going to be livid. <laughs> probably um, will be. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be as well. Um, and then, so after swimming, we're going to Crazy Golf. So I either go back here to shower or showering there and then going straight to Crazy Golf in Cardiff because on our second date on that show, we talked about nearly two years ago now, um, we played Crazy Golf and I won a free game and I've still got it. So we're like... <laughs> Let's go play Crazy Golf. I want to pay for one game. Beautiful. Happy days. Dinner at Miller and Carter. Ooh. The rarest steak, please. The biggest and rarest steak you've got. Mm, blood, 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 blood. I love it. Steak to target in my face. Um, and then we're going to NQ64 in Cardiff. Yeah, I love NQ64. And hopefully, my friend Elliot is joining us. Hopefully. Amazing. So we shall see. Um, so that's the plan. That's the plan. For, um, but Karis is like, oh my God, I've got you loads of things. I'm like... No, it's been a while. So without going too personal and too in-depth, because no one cares, um, it's rare that I get stuff for my birthday. Mm. Put it that way. I normally get money and I, oh, I just get whatever you like. So then I just blow it. Whereas Kev's got, I've actually got your gifts. Like, oh, have you? <laughs> okay, this is exciting. I wasn't asked about my birthday. I didn't really care. And then it got to Saturday and I was like, okay, I'm a little bit excited now. <laughs> It's yeah. always good to get. I prefer, I prefer getting presents to money as much as I always ask for money because I need it for things or I'm saving for something. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I could get presents. Opening presents, birthday is money though. Sure, surely, birthday money is to spend on whatever the shit you like, regardless of what you're saving for or bills or debts oh, yeah. or whatever. Oh no, 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 never. It's normally because I'm saving for something for myself. Like, oh, I see. Yeah, okay, not okay. never for debts and bills. I refuse. No way. <laughs> That's my fucking money. All right, good lad, good lad. <laughs> Do you know what is really mental though? I am selling my records at the moment because I have I've bought them for seven years and never listened to them. <laughs> so basically, it, the the selling just stopped about three months ago, four months ago. And I was like, hmm. I went, what I'll do is I'll knock all the prices down to about thirty or forty quid for each one, and I'll do free shipping over fifty. I sold five records today for two hundred quid. Nice. And I went, oh, amazing! Couldn't believe it. Literally, couldn't believe it. Very nice. I know, it's nuts. So so the day before my birthday, I just made 200 smackers. And I'm like, yes, thanks very much. (laughs) Crazy, man. Love it. No, I really can't argue with that. So I'm tempted to pre-order Final Fantasy 16 and Madden 24, but we'll see. Do you know, I've never played a Final Fantasy game in my fucking life. The brand new one's coming out uh, this Friday, I think it is. It's this Friday or next Tuesday, 16th one. It's the brand new story based. I'm very excited. Yeah, I do love me some Final Fantasy. It's one of those games that I just get lost in for hours. Like building new characters and meeting new characters and doing hunts and killing monsters and finding rare weapons. And I just love it. So, sorry, I've been babbling on enough. Been babbling on enough. How's, uh, <laughs> how, how's your... Well, obviously, we last recorded the show on Tuesday. So how has your last five days been, my friend? Uh, I've, I've mostly been Rihanna in, to be fair. I've just been doing nothing but working. I even did an extra bonus shift. I did a... 10 hour shift where I literally sat there and did fuck all. I watched a movie, I played games on the Switch, I did editing for the show, I got loads of personal stuff done and I got paid for it. It was great. That is amazing. I know. Yes, playing the Switch at work. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they're doing work in an area in the, in the hospital and they need someone to just be there. So if the workmen need anything, there's someone there and to like let them in and out and stuff like that. So like we will literally pay you to do a 10 hour shift, 7 PM to 5 AM to just sit there, do what you like. 
as long as you're present. Don't go wandering off and you're there. Do what the fuck you like. I was like, I'll have me some of them shifts. Thank you very much. That so is gorgeous. For me. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would even take a sniff of that. I'd be like, yeah, I right. am. Thank you. You can't turn that down, can you? So, uh, I'll have that somewhere. Thank you very much. Hell no. <laughs> Just get them dollar dollar bills in for sitting on your ass. Sus- yeah, right. Sus- Cheers. Sus- I've got another one in a couple in like about eight days. Bring it up. Take your PS5 in. <laughs> Just hook it up to the computer. Yeah. Computer screen at work. Don't tempt me. No. <laughs> but no. But speaking of playing the Switch is most of what we've been doing this week, apart from like editing and working. Like I've been playing Mario Odyssey. Like I very rarely take time out to play video games, but I was like, I've had Odyssey for absolutely ages. I love Mario games. Let's actually sit down and play it. And it's me. As soon as I started getting into it, I was like, okay, this game's amazing, and I'm not putting it down until I finished it. I was literally playing it up until I turned this off to come to PT. I'm on the last boss level now. So like, come on, Bowser. Fuck, do you in? Give me my princess back, you bastard. Um, again. <laughs> again. Because <laughs> for some reason, you just keep stealing her. Give up. Um, <laughs> obviously, yesterday, as I said, Mom and Mom and Tony had a hand fest, sorry. Just going back to Mario really quickly. Do you reckon Peach just goes, Hi Bowser? About seven PM, yeah, I'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> Mario, you kidnapped me again. <laughs> she's blatantly having an affair with Bowser. This is just oh, all a ruse. Hundred percent. She 100%. wants that dragon cock. <laughs> Loves a bit of dra- Loves a bit of dragon. Get it in me. <laughs> sorry, George. Sorry, Cleo. <laughs> sorry, Mario, the princess is another another castle. Getting bent over by Bowser. Um, Fan- fantasyality. <laughs> Someone's got to have that sort of. Kitsch. Oh yeah, I was or... gonna. I was gonna say that is like some fan fiction porn has been yeah. written about that. Guarantee. If, if, if tentacles exist, I'm pretty sure that does. <laughs> yeah, we've out. Sorry, you were talking about your hand. <laughs> Mum's hand fasting. Please continue. Yeah, let, let's go back to that. Um, no, it's not. I've covered most of that earlier. Like literally. Mom and Tony got married yesterday, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was it was a great day. It really was. I had so much fun. It was just great having all the kids together. I very rarely get all four of the kids together. So I was like, can I please have a nice photo of all four of you? Because I don't think I have one since Olivia was a baby. Because I never have all four of them together at the same time. So it was beautiful to have. And yeah, I watched, I've only really watched one film because while I was doing that night shift. Um, I watched Spinning Gold, which is the Neil Bogart documentary movie. Neil Bogart, I was about to say, Neil Bogart was the owner of Casablanca Records who signed Kiss. Did it? But he signed... Of course it's Kiss related. Yeah, yeah. but there's lots of others. He signed like the Village People, Diana, Donna Summers and Diana. Oh, God, there's some more as well. It was great. I'd heard good things about it, so I thought I'd, I'd give it a watch. The historical inaccuracies when it came to Kiss were bothering the shit out of me. Like, because they started... The first time you see them, they're playing the song that wasn't on until like their fifth album was like, I'm going to ignore this. It's a film. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Jamie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, it was good. It was a good film. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, that's pretty much all I've been up to. Because yeah. like I said, we only recorded five days ago. Not really had a lot of time to do anything. Yeah, our calendar has been a bit of a bitch. And we've got no <laughs> choice but to. So um, does this mean your mum has taken Tony's surname? Um, they haven't done the legal side of it yet. There's been a few snags, which we won't get into, but it, it's coming down the line. I, I imagine she will probably just change it anyway. <laughs> On like social yeah, media and things that she can. I think it's just the legal side of it they're going to select. But... No fair. As far as everyone's it's... concerned, they're married. That's cool. No, it's fantastic. It's great news. I'm really happy for him. Like I said, it's brilliant. Debbie Gaskin. Brilliant that's going to be weird to fucking say. That's gonna get some. That's gonna take some getting used to. Debbie Gaskin. I've got. I've got an idea for you. What about Mum? 
Well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that might work. I suppose I could just call her out. That works. <laughs> oh, when next time I see, I'll be like, "Hello, Mrs. Gaskin. How are you?" <laughs> I filled in the guest book yesterday. I was like, "To mom and Tony, or should I say, stepdad?" <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> I can't finish that. I'm, no, carry on. I don't, I don't want to know where your mind's going. You're probably going to disturb me again. <laughs> no, if, I think it's a bit just a bit too, a bridge too far, Jamie. Should we say that? And I'll uh, I'll write okay. in. Okay, fair enough. Please do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what have you been up to, my friend? Um, well, like I said, up so obviously uh, Rihanna in, uh, doing a lot of Rihanna in. Uh, there's a lot of changes going on at the job at the moment, so it's putting me a bit, making me a bit uneasy, shall we say. Um, okay. A lot of people have left, so it's just like, oh, and a lot of people are moving uh, departments, so it's it's all a bit weird at the moment. So I don't really know what's going on. Um, I don't like it, Jamie. I don't like it. Um, yeah. So watch this space, I suppose. Um, uh, I then obviously I had my birthday weekend. Um, so Saturday, we drove to my sister's house. So so we went to like Morris's and Tesco, got some like food and bits and cake and that sort of crap, you know, the usual. Um, and I we went to my sister's house. Uh, it was absolutely baking and she had the paddling pool out and instantly I went, oh my God, I just want to dive into swim- to a pool. Hence, swimming tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that wasn't originally on the, on the schedule. And then I was like, I just, I just want to be in a body of water where I can move about and just not get out of it. Um <laughs> And she went, well, there's a new pool open in Pontypridd. I was like, oh, perfect. We'll go that um, so, so I stood in this paddling pool, obviously. It went up to my ankles. I was yeah. like, well, this will be fine. This, this is fine for now. Um, <laughs> chatting to my mum, uh, and she was giving us a lot of praise for this show, oh, which was God. quite nice. Yeah, it was really, really nice. It was very unexpected because I didn't even, I don't think she listens to it, but it was just, she's like, I'm just really proud. She just brought out, no, I was really proud of you, Jamie, for what you've done and what you've accomplished. So I was like, oh, Aww. thanks. Thanks. Um, that was nice. So we had a barbecue um, and we just hung out with all my family, bar my sister, Emily, with all her kids. Everybody else was there. So uh, it was quite nice. We stayed over, uh, watched the Champions League final last night, enjoyed that. Um, and then today um, I was woken up at the depths of the morning by my bloody niece and nephew. No. And this is why I don't have <laughs> children. <laughs> my nephew was up at 6 a.m., I think. But because That's it was better. so hot in that house, we'd left the door open because we were dying. In my, we were in my sister's bedroom, and my sister got in with my niece. And then at 7 a.m., my nephew had a mate stay, but at 7 a.m., he was like, Hey, how'd you lock the door? The door, how'd you lock it? I was like, Fuck me, dude. Like, come on, have some common sense. I know you're 11. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and I just heard my niece going down the stairs at 7 20, being like, I'm going downstairs for breakfast. I was like, Fuck's sake. <laughs> I was like, guess I'm awake then. <laughs> yeah. And then I heard my niece go, are, are Tommy and Karis awake yet? Like, oh. <laughs> they fucking are now. She wasn't. I bloody was. Karis <laughs> for everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Kid- so, go on. I was just going to say, kids don't give a fuck if you're asleep. If they're awake, nope. you're awake. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's why I don't fucking have them um, or ever want them. Um, so I met Paul for coffee. We picked him up at 10.30, went for coffee, went for a walk around Cheltenham. We then met Callum at 12.30, got a coffee again, but went walk around Pitville Park. It was lush, man. Just shooting the shit, chatting, uh, having a whale of a time. And I was like, send me treaches, please, um, which obviously he <laughs> kindly has. Um, and in just talking about, was 
just talking about stuff, man, like the Rugby World Cup and um, this show, weirdly, um, and his life and everything, things going on. It's just really, really nice. And then I went to Martin's house for the first time ever. I am the first person to visit his house. He's been there two years, and I'm not even living in Cheltenham. How does that work? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Joe Green met us there. So Green came over as well. We just like drank beer, ate loads of food, and just had a ride. Oh, it was so nice, man. It was so lush. I was going out to leave because Karis's mum took us out for dinner tonight. So we had to get back. And I was like, oh, I just want to stay a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but couldn't. We had to go back. So I went out for dinner tonight with Karis's mum. She paid bless her. So nice. Um, went to a pub in just outside of Dufferin, um, which was lovely. And then here we are, sat here right now. So that's literally been the week. It's not been a lot. Watching-wise, I uh, watched um, Barbecue Showdown. Are you watching Barbecue Showdown? I haven't, no. We're on the season two finale. We're on the finale now. Karis totally called the final. So she's torn because it's her two favourites against each other. So she's like, oh, I don't know I don't know who I like. My, mine got eliminated in the semi-final. I was gutted. Um, yeah. But she's says her two favorites get the two she picked at the beginning and like now against her, she's like ah. um so we're getting down to watching that in a bit a bit later on. I've been watching BattleBots, which is obviously American Robot Wars. I'm still absolutely loving that. Um and obviously wrestling, we've been catching up with that as well. Um play I completed Sp- Spider-Man Miles Morales um on Friday. Incredible. Obviously, it follows on from Spider-Man 1, mm. and the end, the sequence at the very, very end is delicious for Spider-Man 2. Oh my god, I'm excited when oh, that comes out. I, I need to play Miles Morales. I haven't played it yet. Have you finished the first one? Yeah, I've Spider-Man. Finished first. Yeah, yeah, finished first. Okay, so you've got to play Miles Morales next, because then it opens it up for Spider-Man 2, which is at the end of this, end of October. Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I was like, no way, this is sick. <laughs> I've got so many games to play. It's ridiculous. It's, it is nuts. It is actually <laughs> nuts. Because um, I downloaded the new Oddworld. Do you remember, do you remember Abe on the PS1? Yeah. Abe's Oddworld was amazing. A brand new game called Soulstorm is out on PS5. Really? They're still making oh, it's Abe games? Sick as fuck. It's so, it falls off on Abe's Exodus from PS1. Like, it's great. It's so great. Um, I love it. So I'm playing that at the moment. And I'm playing Uncharted 4, but remastered. Um okay. I just love the Uncharted games. I got Final Fantasy VII Remake because I paid for the PlayStation Plus subscription, £13 a month. Mm. They could play shit tons of games. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, Xbox PS Plus. Similar, yeah. Yeah, Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm downloading Final Fantasy VII Remake, now finished Spider-Man. So, buzzing, boys. Love it. Absolutely love it. So, yeah, that's that's been my week. And, obviously, birthday tomorrow. And then off to Manchester for work. Well, I think we're all caught up, my friend. Go on, Brayden. Can we hear from the old stay cosy man himself? Go on, then. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Brayden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Oh, boy. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. And I'll say it again. Best advert ever. Ever. We love it. 
We blow love it, but Jamie, this follows yeah. in to your favourite segment of the week. Oh, yes, it does. I talked about it earlier. It's time for Callum's Truchins. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Welcome to another edition of Callum's Treachings. The boy is back once again to educate the world. Jamie. Yes, sir. Shall we begin? Oh, yes. What is Callum Treachings this week? Almost all the actors who play jocks and bullies in high school movies and TV shows are actually likely to be drama kids at school who were probably likely bullied themselves. Mm. That's a very good point. Mm. That is such a good point. But surely they always, they always pick the jocks and the bullies based on like size and if they're built and that sort of thing, don't they? If they're good looking. Yeah, you don't see, generally the you best don't, looking ones, yeah. You never see a jock that's like... <laughs> yeah. The, the jocks are the handsome bastards and the bullies are the ugly bastards. It's normally the way it goes. Our yeah. jocks and bullies are very, pretty much very similar. I thought I always thought jocks were like the, we play American football because we're fucking cool. We get all the ladies, but you, little boy, I'm going to kick you in the shins. That's why I always took as a jock. I don't know why I went for kicking the shins. That is a wonderful <laughs> way to <laughs> interpret a jock where you said we play American football in a British accent. <laughs> Foreign exchange student. <laughs> Ah, okay, fair. No, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's lovely. It's, it's it's Brit ball over here, but you know it's all good. It's still the same thing. But you make a good point because I completely confused that with the, the fact that they were the same person. But obviously they're not, are they? Bullies basically the people that have very sad lives and you know had a bit bro- more broken. Her. I mean, are they people with broken homes mainly? I mean, is that being judgmental? A lot of the times it does work out that the reason people are bullies is because they need somewhere to vent their frustrations and shit in their own yeah. life. It's been proven. It's, it's a, it has been proven to be a fact. Obviously, not all of them, but you know, some people are just assholes. But a good chunk of them. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of those out there. Um, <laughs> but that's a really weirdly intriguing point that he makes in regards to the fact that they've obviously just fed off. They must feed off what they've experienced. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool in a I way. Think a lot of the best actors do, though, isn't it? They sort of bring that in from things they know. So, But it could be quite therapeutic as well at the same time. Oh, absolutely. But could you imagine to start taking the piss out of somebody in a TV show? Like, yeah, well, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when this happened to me. Yeah, just start wailing. <laughs> yeah. I loved uh... you, Annie. I loved you. Uh, cut <laughs> the director's just like Fuck. Dan, 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 it's not real. Like, um, it's fine, it's just a scene. He's just gonna jump over you into the, the scene, he's free. That's all it is. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a whale, that bastard bullying whale. <laughs> yes, free really reference. Yeah, just. just <laughs> Thought it'd be funny just because we got too serious there for, for a second. It's like I had to bring this in. Really wacky. Let's bring the old TCO pod, you know, just a little bit of a dash, a little sprinkle there. So, but Jamie, what else is Callum treating us this week? The other side of your skin is wet. Oh, oh, Callum, Callum, oh, Callum, Callum, wow. Callum, Callum. Oh, I know it's true, but that's just horrible to think about. I don't know why. Is it, it's, just... it's against muscle. Is it muscle, isn't it, on the other side? Yes, yeah, um, muscle and blood and stuff. 
I know it's true, but for some reason that made me feel a little bit queasy when he said it. Why? It's I don't just, know. It's just true, isn't it? I know. I don't know. My instinct body reaction was like, yeah. I, it reminds me of The Simpsons when it used to freak me out when I was a kid about when it's the, the gas that turns you inside out. Yes. They said the really early seasons. It's like, oh my God, it's that gas. And then they turn inside out and they're just like muscle and veins and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why my yeah. head just instantly went to the Robbie Williams rock DJ and how much video and how much that, that freaked everyone out. Oh, doesn't he rip it? Like, that's so odd. Why? Yeah. why? I don't know. It's Robbie. So I've got a, Robbie, Robbie, come here. I've got a really good concept for this. We're going to have a roller disco, okay? And you're going to come out, you're going to come out and be a, a topless wanker. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Just start shaking your hips for absolutely no reason, Robbie, okay? Lovely, lovely, lovely. And then basically what's going to happen is you're going to come down to, to your spandex, okay? You're going to have literally your tighty whities We'll make them leopard print. We'll make it a thong. Fuck it. So you're going to have a leopard print thong on, right? Then what's going to happen is you're going to tear yourself to shreds. <laughs> are you... Mike, are you, are you all right? What, what do you mean to... You're going to fucking rip your skin off, mate. You're going to literally rip yourself apart. All right? Oh, I'm not hearing another word about it. I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> would it be special effects? No. <laughs> what's the thing you'll ever do, Robbie? <laughs> what do you think we'll be fucking doing with special effects, eh? What, what the year is this? It's year 2000, mate. Are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> AI hasn't happened yet. We haven't got CGI. Maybe wait 20 years and that's what you want. <laughs> oh, I'm not accountable, I promise. <laughs> It's it's a weird, it's a really weird concert, isn't it? Having a massive party, just shaking your stuff, getting naked, and then you get too naked. Yeah, just a little bit. I think he took a, all that off and was just a skeleton at the end of it, if memory serves. I didn't get that far. I, to be honest <laughs> with you, I've never seen it. What, really? I've just watched the normal, I've seen the normal video, but I've never seen, oh. I've never seen that. So. Oh, yeah. I really it, was like to- a, it was like a, they censored it, didn't they? You had to like. Go somewhere to watch the full length version. Of yeah, back in back in them back in them days. Back in them days, and YouTube wasn't a thing. You had to scour the dark web, <laughs> put it on LimeWire or something. Like, oh, Rock TJ uncensored, perfect, and it was just porn. You're like, oh, yeah, God porn, damn it. Yeah. or a virus, yeah, or both. Slipknot times Lincoln Park times Metallica times Parkway Drive. Who aren't even around yet? Times Papa Roach times Limp Bizkit. Do a song called Hero. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, that's definitely not that song. <laughs> and now my computer has AIDS. God damn. <laughs> error, error. <laughs> it's like completely melts and that's it. Your computer's going like, ah, cool. Never mind. There we are. Well, I was enjoying that. Oh. <laughs> and finally, Jamie, and yeah. finally, what is Callum treating us this week? Camping didn't exist until humans created non-camping. What? <laughs> I, I know what he's getting at. I just love the way he worded it. It was great until they created non-camping. <laughs> Not they built houses or something. Just oh, houses. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, did it not? Tents were around. Yeah, but I think, what he's, I think what he's saying, though, is once everyone's lives in a house, they're not sleeping outside anymore. So that's now something to go do. It's not norm. I wonder who basically got a house and went, God, you know what? I'd really miss a tiny four by four tent. 
<laughs> I, I really want to get back in a tent. Whoever they like, are, they're a fucking weirdo. Yeah, like, you know, uh, mind you, I loved our TP at Bloodstock last year. But it was a heavy fucker, but my God, it was worth it. Um, apart from how bloody hot it was every morning. But I don't understand. Like, camping's not for me. I'm not a massive fan of it. When you go to a camping a campsite and you just mm. pitch up and you just have to take your shoes off before you walk in. What if it fucks it down? And if it's raining so much, it just floods everywhere. You're like, what is the point? This is miserable. You just sit in right. the tent. Like, oh, it's raining outside. We'll just sit in here until it dries yeah. over. I've got a perfectly lovely built house back <laughs> in Cornwall. But do you know what? I want to sleep in this tent. Not. Oh, it's raining. Wonderful. Oh, that crab's trying to get in. Perfect. <laughs> you know what? I might as well go home. <laughs> But that's nuts. I wonder I wonder who is the first person to go really, really just want to get back to the olden days. I guarantee it was a man in the mood of his wife. <laughs> guarantee. Yeah. Puts him out in the garden. <laughs> Do you know what? I, could, I need some sort of shelter out here. I'll just build... Oh. And thus, like the this. tent was born. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously festivals, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. If you can get a space. Yeah. <laughs> Good old download reference. Oh, like yeah, it. was it? <laughs> yeah, definitely oversold. I mean, if you're a Metallica play twice in the same weekend, it's definitely a mill straight there. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nuts. Anyway, we'll get off this high horse. And another excellent set of treatures from Callum himself. We love this segment every single week. It's oh, great. Yes, we do. But the problem is, Jamie, I have to follow. You do. It's time for Tom's journal. Read to me. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. This is an absolute beaut, I can tell you. I'm excited mm. to get these ones in your face. Jamie, this dude just got served. Are you ready for this? Okay. Hi, Mike. I've been so horny since I met you. I have never, ever felt this after meeting a guy. First of all, who says horny anymore? Fantastic. <laughs> Mike, sorry, uh, who, who's this? Well, I'm glad your phone is working. It's your window cleaner. And you passed the Duke on the past three cleans. Please settle your account before we pass this to the small claims court. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever owns that window cleaning company. Legend, yeah. Bravo. Bravo. That's a self-employed. Stop skipping out, you bastards. <laughs> Somebody then put, why is this not a thing? I don't have kids, so I want to take my dog to the zoo. Why shouldn't he get to see an elephant? <laughs> I mean, it's a fair point. Dogs might enjoy the zoo. Exactly. You just, exactly. You never fucking know, do you? Jamie, I took my eight-year-old daughter to the office on Take Your Kid to Work Day. But when we walked into the office, she started to cry. As concerned staff gathered around, I asked her, what was wrong? And she said, Daddy, where are all the clowns you said you work with? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was good. I like that. <laughs> I don't know what that laugh was about, but I enjoyed that. That was great. This, is a, this one's a personal favourite. This one's even better. Oh, Jesus Christ. I accidentally 
like you said, big as a grande while ordering coffee at Starbucks. They took me behind the store and shot me in the leg. Anyone that always feels like an utter twat asking for a size thing in, in Costco. Can I have a venti, please? Oh, yeah. fuck off, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like just, it's what you have to say because that's what's on the call board. It for, just just call like it fucking large and grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I'll have a large. One person even went, Is that a venti? I was like, A large, yes. <laughs> I'm not Italian, mate. So don't stop thinking you are. Just like, and I walk oh, in there and be off, like, Julian. <laughs> I might walk in there next whenever I go to the next and be like, like, ah, hello there, you guys are lovely. I come from <laughs> Italy. I'd love a fancy cappuccino, no fog, with a little bit of cinnamon on top, yeah? <laughs> yeah, with all the milk. You know what I mean? It's an empty, so it's an empty, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I swear you were in here yesterday and you didn't sound like that. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> He was, he was, why have you got the Italian accent on for? Are you bringing the Italian accent? Okay? <laughs> Do you know what, right? I cannot believe, Jamie, that I'm from a generation who paid for ringtones. If this little fucking rectangle made a single sound these days, I'd smash the shit out of it. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking true. <laughs> When I think of the amount of hours of my life I wasted inputting ringtones into my old Nokia phone to now just never have sounds on my phone. Nope. Never. <laughs> the only sound my phone makes is an alarm, and that's yeah. it. Do you know what, Jane, right? Good. And bloody well should think so as well. Did you almost fall over then? I almost knocked my headphones out of my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about adulthood that I was not prepared for, Jane. Uh, was for how many cardboard boxes I had to break down and throw away all the time. <laughs> Fucking garage full of them straight to the tip. <laughs> Stop recycling, that's what I do. Yeah, but they're like big boxes from Ikea when we did Olivia's bedroom. Uh, yeah. Just rip them apart. That's the plan. <laughs> so, you remember at the start earlier when I'm a bit of a sarcastic and to the point prick? Oh, yeah. So this is the journal entry I was talking about. Okay. Uh, are you at work tonight? I'm off today and I'm off tomorrow. Do you uh, fancy going to see Spider-Man later? What, like in the theatre? No, Jerry. We're going to walk around the streets of New York and hope to catch him on a rooftop. <laughs> God, I love that so much. That was one of those ones we had to check. It wasn't you that was messaging this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> At this point, every round mammal is a hamster to me. <laughs> Coconut. Um, I think we both have different definitions of what a mammal is, but I can't say I disagree with you. Has hair, gives milk. So, uh, what do you want for dinner? Date. How about Sonic? Me, under my breath. He's so fast, though. How do we catch him? <laughs> <Fuck's sake>. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
Good, that's a bloody episode and all. <laughs> and finally, Jamie, my dad just offered a mechanic at a Lexus dealership my hand in marriage to fix his transmission by Friday. I really wish he would stop offering me as a collateral. He's not the opposite of Liam Neeson. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you fix Lexus transmissions, I can tell you. I don't have money, but what I do have is a very peculiar single daughter. <laughs> well, very peculiar. <laughs> and that was another edition of Tom's Journal. That was a great journal. Great journal. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Stop the applause. Stop the applause. But uh, we've mentioned it. I think we should get down to it for what oh, everybody yes. is here for. Shall we bring in that piece of resistance? Bring it in. Welcome to the Chronicles of George Corey and the Artist Cleo. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Social Contract, now in its second season. I'm Tavia. I'm George. I'm Cleo. And I'm Maya. This is a conversation very different to any we have ever had before, because, ladies and gents, this week we are talking American politics. George Corey and the artist Cleo are authors. They have worked on the presidential conversations and the presidential conversations for kids, because it is important that not only adults understand what's going on in the world today, so do kids, because they will shape the future. Something we discuss in this. They are also the hosts of the award-winning Social Contract podcast, which you can check out wherever you get your podcast from right now. As I say, this is very different. I felt very out of my element going into this one, but I think this is a great conversation. This is absolutely amazing. No, it truly is. This is something, like you said, that we've never done before. Uh, We were approached uh, by a company down in New York to uh, speak to George and to the artist Cleo. Uh, George is the story writer and Cleo is the artist. Fun enough, it's in her name. Um, So she designs all the pictures and whatnot in the books, uh, Presidential Conversations and Presidential Conversations for Kids, which are available on Amazon right now. So please pick them up. And like Jamie said, obviously also have the Social Contract uh, podcast. Award-winning, might I add. So this was an absolute pleasure to have them both on the podcast. And this is a very informative, in-depth, and great conversation. I can definitely tell you right now, I was not bored. No. Okay. No, not at all. It was fascinating. My face obviously gave off that, but I was literally just intrigued in listening to what what they had to say. Uh, But Jamie! Yes, sir. Do you happen to have any final words at all? Just a massive thank you to our glorious guests this week. Ladies and gents, you're going to enjoy this one and you will find out whether we think The Rock will be a good president. Absolutely. George, the artist Cleo, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to sit and chat to us. We absolutely loved it and we're very excited for people to hear this and to release it. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's George Corey and the artist Cleo. In in New York, (laughs) you've heard of us? (laughs) Oh, are you you real? Can you know? As I start, (laughs) honestly, Tom and Jamie, we feel the same way. We really do, Um, because. Uh, I don't know what, how much you know about us, but we're, we're lawyers and we've come late to the artistic world. And so 
the fact that uh, the way I like to put it is that we've touched people's lives is remarkable. Do you know? It yeah. really is. And it, it's like, it, I'm sure it's like, I, I'm not trying to uh, equate what, what we've done to what you've accomplished, but it's really touching, you know, that when you, I've met people and they said, do I know you? Did you write uh, an op-ed to something obscure like the New Orleans Times Picayune? We're like, yes, <laughs> that was me. How the hell do you know that? And they're like, oh, I, I think I saw your podcast. It's like, what? I'm buying you a drink, you know? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. It's, it's incredible. Um, it's so no, this is this genuine pleasure to have you both on yeah. here. So thank you so much for, uh, for taking part. It's appreciated. Likewise. Um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get we'll get cracking. We'll get straight yeah. in. And then we can we can natter and chat away till the cows come home, if they ever do. Perfect. I don't know why that's a phrase. Um, <laughs> all that's going to happen is Jamie's going to do a really, really lovely introduction where he's going to lure you in to a false sense of security. You're going to be like, guys, yes. I, feel quite, I quite feel quite yes. safe here. This is lovely. Yeah. And then we're going to absolutely bombard the living crap out of you with questions. How does that sound? Sounds fantastic. Fantastic. Magnificent. Yes. Jamie. Wonderful intro. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you not one but two wonderful guests and guests unlike we've ever had on the show before. This week's guests have joined forces to bring knowledge to the American public, young and old, about politics and the country's leadership with books like Presidential Conversations and Presidential Conversations for Kids and their award-winning podcast, The Social Contract. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together as we bring you the chronicles of George Corey and the artist Cleo. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for including you. us. Beautiful thank you for coming on. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> graciously appreciated. And like we said, you know, massive, massive shout out to begin with to uh, to Tatiana at, uh, at Synergistic. Thank you so much for, for reaching out. Uh, forgive my inquisitive nature as to make sure <laughs> that we're all that we're all good and, and good to go here. So, yeah, incredible. Um Guys, I suppose I should start off, really, with the most hard-hitting of all questions, uh, which is, how was your pandemic season? I know it's kind of drifted away now, but, yes. I mean, it's still, every now and again, someone's, like, positive again for crying out loud. Uh, we, we're, we're very safe, and everyone that we knew uh, was safe. So we had, we had no tragedies. One of Cynthia's colleagues was an early, uh, got hit very early, went to the hospital, was actually on a ventilator, but he was fine. He's uh, fit as a fiddle now. But that was the closest thing. Um, and for me personally, um, I know this has been a, a worldwide tragedy, but it's been the best three years of my life. I mean, it's not since law school that Cynthia and I, the artist Cleo and I, uh, sat together at the same dining room table for three years, spending time together. And like where we know so many other couples who really spent their lives in different parts of the house or room or got uh, tired of their children and each other. It was fantastic. So to me, um, to me, it was very special. I don't know what Cleo says, but... Uh, I was ready to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was, um, it, to some extent, it was a little bit of a, a gift to have so much time um, you know, with your, not only together, but with, with yourself not running around and sure. as you get back into it and, 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 um, you know, get closer to normalcy, um, you realize how much you run around. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's, um, so I think that we're a little more introspective about how we want to spend our time. So yeah. I think that that's one of the takeaways and 
one of the things that came out of the, these projects, because um, as a result of kind of the goings on in the political world, that's how we, we wanted to do something um, after watching all the um, craziness, um, something positive, you know, because we were hearing so many negative things. Okay, why, you know, on the presidential conversations, how, how, how do we um, explain our reverence? I mean, we're inside the beltway, so we pay more attention to um, to politics than um, some most folks. But, you know, is how can we explain to our nieces and nephews, which there's 14, and I think um, mm -hmm. if we're going second generation, going out to 15 or 16, <laughs> pretty close. But the, um, how do we explain to them why we think that, the, uh, that um, the, the presidents are important and knowing that most of them have flaws and have um, issues with them and you wouldn't agree with them, but they have a characteristic that kind of puts them over the edges that gives you that um, that respect for the um, the, the, the president or office. And so that's how we um, kind of came up with the idea of using um, the, the, the Christmas Carol type um, setting where we have, uh, you know, um, um, President Trump meeting with the presidents and the presidents trying to explain to him why, you know, courage is good, why freedom is good. Um, we'll let you decide whether he learned anything or not. <laughs> but the, um, but that's the, but it, um, it came together like, like that. And um, I have to say, we can't put together a Christmas tree. Like, you know, those fake Christmas trees that you stick together because <laughs> we both want to control the situation. But somehow we did this together. So it was one of those things where you really, um, you, you come away from very satisfied with um, being able to do something like that um, with somebody who, who um, you've spent your life with. We, we love hearing things like this because obviously it was the worst time in our generation that we know uh, it was horrible. So many people, so many bad things happened to so many people. But yes. one of the things we love when we do this show is hearing people that said, you know what, for me, I got to do this. I got to chase my passions. I got to spend time with yes. you. No, hearing those, those light come out of the darkness. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. it's beautiful to hear. Yes. But, Guys, take us back to the start for you. What did yes. young Master Corey and little Miss Cleo want to be when they were growing up? Should, uh, we, say, should we say ladies first? Cleo, was yeah. it always like art and law or was it something completely different like a ballerina? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, um, George always wanted to be president, but he can't because, um, no, uh, because he was a I'm an immigrant. <laughs> oh, but no, um, I, I, I think that um, I always enjoyed art but it wasn't um, something that, that I focused on. I always focused on um, uh, doing something that was uh, more um, business oriented. So, uh, but it, it's one of those things that keeps coming out at different times in my life. When I was in high school, I did a cartoon. Um, you know, uh, other times I've done different types of drawings for different organizations. So it's like one of those things that keeps popping out and sometimes um, you don't take advantage of it because it's, it's um, easier than other things. So it's like people say, well, you, you, you work, you work um, hard and all that. And so you must love it. It's like, well, I, I'm not sure about that, but um, the, the art, I love it because it is something you make yourself um, and, and, um, and, and it's just for you um, and, and you can share it with others, but they can appreciate it. But really you do it um, in a way for yourself. So I, um, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't think I ever wanted to be president. I, I, I thought about maybe, you know, um, a congressman or something or a judge, maybe a judge. A judge. What, do you, what about yourself? Well, thank you for asking. If you're just clear. <laughs> um, I, I really just wanted to be in, uh, in business. And, and uh, I think, though, it's, it's, uh, it works very well with the, with the work that we've done because um, 
even as financial legal regulators, that that's really what, what we've been. We uh, were regulatory attorneys, financial regulatory attorneys. Now that sounds very exciting. But even then, our jobs beyond the technical parts have really been about connecting people together, managing egos, getting people to talk to each other, getting getting people to stay in the room, not so much the negotiation so much, but getting people to work together. And I think I think that sort of sincerity and empathy is what gives us uh, has given us careers with our clients i mean you can get technical expertise with the law or finance from a lot of different places but i think that we brought a lot of human touch um and that's very difficult with the egos and keeping your egos out of it and um making sure that there's integrity in the process because we we've all we've all run into people where there have been great opportunities for all of us financially and with our our practices and you when you realize they are not above board then you have to walk away from it and i think that we bring that integrity to um to understanding and loving politics because of the opportunity that people have um in our highest offices, you know, your prime minister, our, our president, your cabinet, our cabinet. Um, it's very important. So uh, like Cleo said, the the matter of um, the importance of character became very, very obvious to us in the last presidency. So we try to think of a way to explain the Trump administration uh, to as Cynthia said, or Cleo said, our nieces and nephews. And they, um, um, it all came from a Pop Warhol type artwork that uh, Cleo did um, hmm. that had uh, the vote symbol. Uh, I, sh I should have had that in front of me, I apologize. But it was something that she did during the 2015-2016 cycle. And it was uh, it just had vote the way the Obama O was, but it said vote all in an O. And it was very Pop Warhol. And it inspired me. And when we thought, how do we explain this? And Cleo said, uh, we had just crossed uh, over in, um, we just crossed over Christmas. And in fact, we had been in London and had been to St. James and seen everything. So we were feeling very British, uh, very British uh, winter, and we said, let's do Christmas Carol. And that was the mechanism for Trump meeting other presidents and trying to learn um, what was important and why character is important, you know, and understanding that all we have together is the social contract, you know, the Hobbesian social contract. But we wanted to make it very real and very person to person, you know, that at the end of the day, as lawyers, we know that all the regulations, all the contracts, none of it really matters. Yes, you can get tripped up in litigation or dealing with the government, but that's not what it's about. It's a handshake. That's all civilization is, is a handshake deal. And we all depend on each other. Well, there's, that's why there's not, you keep hearing um, that there's no rules or there's no law on this because this uh, the uh, the way you're supposed to behave is yes. basically um and i'll come back to social contract to us means you know civility civility um mm -hmm. and that's how it kind of grew from 
the um the initial um book to the to the um to the younger book which was yes. to to get kids excited yes. because i remember um you know learning about i mean i thought actually history was one of the coolest things yes. um and explains so much and you you have to take into account <laughs> that the um so that and i don't think there's enough time um spent today in understanding that history or the or this um civility or why the social contract is there and just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it right um and so that's and then that's how uh, we came up with the name the social contract on the, the on the podcast right but the, the podcast george um what's really funny is that he um he asked uh um some folks, it's like, well, should we um, try and get on podcasts to talk about the books and stuff like that and um, promote them? Um, and folks told us, um, no, you should do your own. Our publishers, <laughs> our publishers. That's a great idea, but no, you shouldn't go and get on podcasts. You'd be great, uh, but no, we're going to do it ourselves. And like, uh, I'm. But, and, but now we're on a podcast. But now so we're, we're on a podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's very exciting. I know. But the funny thing was, uh, I'm 60, but I, you know, my, my, uh, I, I remember telling my mother and she was like, what are you going to talk about every day for an hour? And so I mentioned that to the publishers and they were like, oh, George, how oh, that's so funny. You're not going to talk at all. We're going to have a professional <laughs> podcast. Uh, you're going to write the script. We're going to use your audio book. Uh, you'll come on once a month to say hello. And I'm like, that's the right thing. I'm content. We let the professionals do it. And that was, that was very funny. And, but it, it showed it showed their um, faith in us to um, to uh, produce uh, two professional years, two seasons of podcasts. That's just remarkable. There's so much stuff that's happened even since we, in between yes. the books, we've um, done a number of different things, um, just short stories, yes. uh, best way to put it. But so, for example, um, we're still living here with the um, the um, the January sixth. Yes. Um, and one of the things that we did was we uh, we um, put it in the light of the the Capitol and how the Capitol, the building, felt on being attacked, as opposed to the 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 people, and that you would attack something that stood for um, you know all the various uh, democracy for every everything you could think of, and why would somebody try and trash? Um, or, or, um, and so we, um, I did a, a, um, a picture for that and uh, the police here, um, picked it up and they put it on, um, banners across the, 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 the city in the various precincts, um, which had the picture that I did with how proud we were of them for supporting, um, democracy and everything. So there's a bunch of uh, other things, but things keep happening so fast. Yes. Um, you know, uh, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, the Supreme Court justice who passed away, we did something for her, but it just, it, it's given us um, a, a voice yeah. um, to talk to people um, and, and tell them, you know, why, why we believe in, in a number of these things, which we wouldn't have had before. And um, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure who would have listened anyway, <laughs> <laughs> except maybe George might've listened to me. I don't know. <laughs> I just, oh, okay. I was going to say the 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 capital uh, the riots would yeah it's one of those moments where you're like is this actually happening right now is yeah, this a genuine right. thing that's going on and yet the president at the time was just like well I had nothing to do there's nothing yeah. to do with me. <laughs> that, no it, yes. if you think but I just remember being just uh, stunned stunned. You know, and it was such a weird thing because you had these, um, you, you had terrible things going on, 
And then you did have some people going through carrying, you know, pieces of furniture and stuff around. And the oddest thing, they were um, doing it within the like the velvet ropes that you're supposed to be uh-huh. on a tour. Uh-huh. So they were not like, so, there's not, this is not the ones that were the, the worst part, but some of them were like taking like a, a podium out, but they weren't walking up against or, or pushing down other stuff. They were walking within the, the, the ropes, but... I mean, what kind? Of, I don't even understand it. It was. It's like they we and we just don't have the um, thought process of if police here tell you to move back or to you know you know when uh, you see the them pushing up against the the bicycle racks whatever they are, um, and I've never seen people just go completely against that and then run run over them. It's it it's just it's it's so against your um your upbringing um and, and your um your view of, of community so anyway that's so all those things are things that we want to to um to push up against and and show positivity and not just negativity that's and it's really the positive part of it that we want to take mm-hmm. people to take away and that we want our um you know um families and um uh nieces and nephews and that's that's why we did it well, let, let me jump in tom that um when we when we met the publisher and we had the first, we had the manuscript completed and we met them uh, June um, of 2020, so it was a very short narrow window for them to publish it by election day, which was November of 2020. They said they'd never worked with anybody like that, so we worked together in a collaboration every day to get it done. But the reason um, the reason they really liked the manuscript is that it wasn't it wasn't um, ridiculing Trump, uh, like uh, like on Saturday Night Live, you know, which would have, which which was very funny, you know. We love those too. It, it wasn't uh, it wasn't abusive. It wasn't snarky. Uh, that it was very important to us, uh, not to appeal to everybody, but to show respect for the office of the presidency. You know, the office of the prime minister, the 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 person who is there has a higher calling or should have a higher calling. And we said, this is what we're supporting, right? We, we wanted to show um, this person, their character really matters. You know, it's not just another elected position. We all follow that person. We follow your prime minister. We follow uh, uh, we the presidency. Were there, we were there the weekend when um, the, uh, the queen, the queen. Um, was um, laying in state, what we'd call laying in state. Um, yes. um, yeah. And um, yeah. we were right across, we were staying, at, we we're there for a conference. We were staying um, across the bridge from where Westminster was so we could see people who were lining up in the middle of the night. Um, and it's, it's like, whether you're a ro- whether you believe in um, royals or don't, the person who embodied that the service, you know, that she did for so many years. And yes. um, I mean, you heard people talk about her going to these, you know, like a, um, a library opening or, uh, you know, um, you know, a park opening. Just like she really believed in that. And that, that, that service is also kind of what's bound up in this yeah. whole social contract is how do we um, help and service others, um, which makes us all better. Um, yes. at the end of the day, which it sounds, I guess, goofy, but, um, anyway, it's, the, but that's, um, and, and you really, I don't think I ever understood exactly that, um, about, um, her, 
um, before all of that came out because we were there. You couldn't turn the television on without seeing all of that, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and so it was, um, and 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 how um, people felt about it. But anyway, it's crazy. So we should let you guys say something. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it, was, it, was, so, it, was so it was deeply moving. It really was deeply moving for us. I mean, we went and laid flowers. We didn't stand in line. Uh, because of our conference, and we had other responsibilities to go uh, uh, to go and see the the Queen and State, but it was deeply, deeply moving. Um, and from our personal backgrounds, from Cynthia's work of study, she had really uh, had done her master's thesis on uh, the British colonial empire, especially in the Middle East. It was just college, it, and. Uh, <laughs> And but it really educated me, my family being from Egypt and really growing up in the uh, under the British rule. So we had a very strong affinity for uh, for Britain. We were, in fact, engaged at the British Museum when we were in our first year of law school. We went to uh, our engagement lunch at the Savoy All on my mother's credit card. Thank her very much. And it was. <laughs> It was spectacular. No, the, the best so thing to is... us, London is the city of love, you know. So okay, okay, okay. All right, I'm sorry. We're talking about the social <laughs> contract, but but to me, it, it it going back to the Queen, I mean, that's the sort of duty uh, to self and country that we've lost sight of in a world where people are more are more uh, thinking about themselves, you know. And so that really struck us, especially on top of writing these books, that this is what we want to celebrate. Right. And this is this is a way that it, whether you're here or you're um, in, in London or Europe, you can understand um, the uh, the the concepts. Yes. Right. And why. It, and, and, and you might not know all the stories, so it might be actually more interesting yes. in the UK on some of the, 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 yes. the little known tidbits about some of the presidents but um it's it's the same um everybody has the same thought process Everyone does yeah we thought the same too that that uh, i think that my favorite about your mother was that she um the um back in the the day yes. when um the um at&t called uh the phone company called his mother and said there's a crazy person running around um, in Europe with your phone number. And he goes, no, that's my son. Right. Um, because he's, <laughs> I, I had her credit card essentially. Yeah, so. because he, was, he was calling me because she was like, she was, she didn't know what to be more, more annoyed about whether that was the amount of money he was spending or the fact that he wasn't calling her. Plus I bought beautiful <laughs> things. I bought beautiful things at the Harrods yeah. uh, mid-year sale. I'm sorry. Anyway. So, but, but we, we, I, 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 I ask their questions. I apologize. Please go ahead, Jimmy. It's all good. I'm, I'm, what I was really intrigued, what I'm really intrigued by, and we will get to social contracts and new books, and I promise you, right? I'm just, American politics really confuses me sometimes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I feel that Trump only took office so he could yeah. then turn around and go, I was president for four years. I was president, I was president for four years, yeah. That's right. Because he did absolutely nothing. That's I good. mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you for your book between 2017 and 2021 had nothing in it. Um, <laughs> but obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was an Austrian bodybuilding actor, yes. was the governor of California. Like, what the hell? I know, I know. But he actually did a very good job. He actually worked very well with uh, with the uh, opposite party in his legislature, and it was it was a success. So, strangely enough, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think I actually personally don't think that Trump ever wanted to be president. Yeah. I think it was a marketing um, uh, effort so that he could get more popular. So um, I do believe what he did do during the period of time was that he um, built on his his um, pop or tried to build on his popularity, whether he did or not. Um, you, you can decide for yourself. But the, he he's just um, he certainly does not have a legislative agenda. And right now we're sitting here between. Um, you know, Trump and DeSantis and, and, and whether that ever occurs or not, who knows, but everybody's talking about it. But um, the, the difference is that Trump really didn't do that much. Right. Um, DeSantis actually is implementing the things that that Trump supposedly wanted. So it's like you got to be careful what um, what's more dangerous um, here. But it's um, it, it, it has just kind of gone off the rails. As, I mean, yeah. Obama was his his tagline was no drama Obama, um, and so there was like no drama. So nothing you think nothing happened. A lot of things did, but it just it wasn't like this at this fever pitch. So um, I, you know, uh, so I just think that he I think <laughs> I think he surprised himself, um, uh, as, as and so that's why I don't think he had any any real um, I don't you know, didn't have an agenda, didn't have a, um, you know, didn't know what he wanted. So he was trying to satisfy enough people to stay there. Financially, he did wreck our, uh, our country by having a huge tax cut for the wealthy. And yes. uh, that, that really has put us in a, in a serious bind outside of uh, uh, President Bush W uh, taking us to uh, war. Uh, for so many years and spending trillions, uh, Trump gave away as many trillions in one stroke of a pen. And that that's really put the U.S. in a serious position. And people say, well, we can print money. It's not a problem. We'll just borrow the future. But it, it's a it's a very serious matter, you know. Um, and to put us where we are today, we're sitting here and God forbid um, that, that, we, that um, we don't go over the cliff with this de this debt ceiling, which is. I think that I mean the whole world's you know is um, is this full faith and credit and and the strength and there's nothing that there's nothing in the economy that would require this no. um, that that would make us um, be at this precipice that we can't do it and that's even more um, uh, disgusting um, because it's it, we're putting ourselves we're, we're putting we're put, we put ourselves through all of this not this is all self-generated which doesn't make a, a lot of sense at least at least when uh the uk and great britain lost um the prominence of the sterling after world one and world war two the loss of the colonies and uh they had to grow back to their uh, original uh kingdom um at least in that case it wasn't self-inflicted you know all the malaise in the 70s everything that happened was because uh, Great Britain took it upon itself. I'm sorry, I'm... Uh, I'm uh, You're telling I'm them they're about their history. I'm telling them about their history. <laughs> I know it's very, it's, it's close to Manchester, I apologize, but it means a lot to me that Great Britain lost its prominence uh, and still a great nation, obviously, because Great Britain saved the world twice and you did it on your own... Uh, your own dollar, you lost, uh, you really, the UK lost its prominence because it had to fight off Germany twice. This is different. We went into an unnecessary war uh, costing trillions and uh, blood and treasure. And now Trump did it again with just a stroke of a pen, far more than anything else. So as Cynthia well, says, 
It's self-inflicted, and we don't have saving the Western world twice to show for it. So, and we can see. Well, we helped. The, well, yes, the, the, US, oh, yeah. the U.S. helped. Yes, yes, the U.S. helped. I'm, I'm not saying that. But, 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 but what's really, what's really more concerned just to bring us today is I remember during the period of time we were waiting for the um, the vote to come in for the, the president, whether it was Trump or Biden. Um, and, you know, it's like, okay, are, have, have we saved ourselves? Yes. Right. And um, and it was like, I think it was like five or six days and, and, and you were just holding your breath. I have never seen the anybody um, just erupt in joy when the um, when the uh, people like came out. We live in a pretty quiet neighborhood or whatever. It came out of their houses and there was like screaming and yelling and and in the cities yeah. they were going crazy all and over just the like, country. And it, it's just like we so we saved ourselves and now we're back and in it again. Yeah. And we're like I don't know. Uh, it's just it, it's outrageous that you you've got somebody who didn't know whether they wanted to be there in the first place, didn't really do anything, um, you know, and you had, and and then you had Biden who, whether you like him or not, he's doing things. He's, he's actually governing. Um, you know, we actually have an infrastructure um, being taken care of or, or trying to be taken care of it, uh, climate change, all these things. One of the things we were listening last night is that the, um, none of the presidential candidates on the Republican side today have anything to say about climate change. Nothing. No, I mean it's like it's it, it's it, 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 it's like the most important question that any of us can answer right now, and they just don't even they don't even talk about it. <laughs> so the thing that the thing that got me with Trump's presidency is yeah, there was diehard haters of this man. Let's be honest. Yeah, on the opposite side of that, there was diehard lovers of this yes. man. Like completely wanted him to be president until the end of time. What yes. do you guys think it was about him and his presidency that caused such a divide? I, I, I'm not sure that I, I other than uh, when you when you when you look at him against um, DeSantis, the Florida um, Florida uh, governor governor, yeah. um, he it, he does have um, charm. I mean, he is somebody you that that can basically really talk to a room and get them to get behind him. And that's all I can can think of is he actually does whether you whether you like him or not he has a per, he has a personality where this other guy doesn't have anything and so I think that that kind of um, uh, mentality uh, it, it, it brings you closer more um, closely to um, I don't know they call it a cult now that um, and and it's and, and it's even so much not him I think it's how much they they. They always say when the, the, the um, they're trying to do the lens, the lips, they're trying to. Um, I see. When they, what's the statement? Um, the, anyway, they they try to they're they're against others rather than for him. Um, but I think it's uh, that charisma. He has a little bit of that charisma, which is unfortunate when you see it in the wrong person's hands. I, I think the the grievance politics that he touched on it was the same grievance politics that cost you uh, EU uh, membership. Um, uh, yes, the, with, with Brexit, nobody mm. expected that would happen and nobody expected that Trump would win either. Um, and, but it's the same, it's the same last gasp of, um, and I hate to sound uh, like a, well, it's the last gasp of a dying, uh, of a dying viewpoint, you know, and, um, we, we read quite a lot about this 
because we, we keep trying to write about the solution um, that, that Trump made it okay to be openly racist, anti-Semitic, anti-Islam, uh, anti-education, anti-history, uh, anti you know? And the closed-mindedness is very frightening. It really is. And for the first time, we understood why, why my, my mother, for example, my family is so risk-averse, having fled Egypt after Abdel Nasser took over, having fled Beirut after uh, the Arab-Israeli conflict took over, and losing all their equity twice over. You all of a sudden understand Wow, if the Handmaid's Tale really is created here, do we lose our livelihood, our equity, everything? We moved to Canada where my family is. And like my grandparents who had um, a very successful business in Egypt, do they live, do we live upstairs from a pizza place in a university town, you know, and maintain your dignity while uh, while living this way? It's it's very, it's very difficult. Um, so we, we, had a, we had an issue. One of the first things we wrote about after publishing the first book was that um, at that moment when Biden won, I, I had a real problem because my, my parents are, um, are uh, you know, upper middle class professionals, but they only cared about their pension funds, essentially. And they were willing to vote for Trump to protect uh, their pension funds the first time and then the second time. And uh, it, was, it was so dark and offensive, but it, I thought it's the perfect example of, in the US we talk about the crazy uncle at the, at the Christmas dinner, the Thanksgiving day dinner, right? But if it's somebody in your family, in the American family, in your immediate family, your father, uh, whom you love and respect very much, if it's your neighbor, if it's, if it's 40% of the electorate and 70 million vote for him twice, what do you do with those people, right? And our only conclusion was um, that um, we had to go back to love, that like in the family, I had to extrapolate with my father. It's like, you can't reject, you can't vilify, you can't uh, ignore, you can't shut out. You have to talk to them, even if it's an impossible to change their minds. You just have to stand with them, not vote with them, um, not shut them up. Just we have to, on our side, I felt like the only way to get through it is to forgive, uh, focus on love and um I'm 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 not being I'm not blowing sunshine, you know. I'm it. I found it was the you know, only you're, solution, you're, you know. Because the your your um, father wrote a letter that really to um, all the kids, six kids that um, talked about um, the what had been going on under the Black Lives Matter and how terrible it was that they had um, destroyed property and how uh, uh, it was just a uh, um, you know that we we have to guard ourselves and. Um, you know, God forbid, um, you know, um, protect ourselves with guns and things like this. And it was just such off the rails from where where we are that um, and you 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 had to, uh, as George said, you have to take into account um, the fact that this that even if you can't agree with this person, 
um, you, you've got to keep them. You have to keep talking to them. You have to keep the communication going, which I think is what's happened. It's what's happened, um, right? And so, and I, the other thing I think that people, um, you know, the responsibility. It, Trump really gives people the um, ability not um, to to be the victims. That this isn't something, um, you know, if you if you haven't succeeded in life, it's because, um, the, you know, the, the government's put you down or you haven't gotten the right um, opportunities or opportunities were taken by others, um, you know, um, affirmative action, things like that. He gives people the right to feel that way. And um, it's a lot it's a lot easier to feel that way than actually get out and do stuff. That's right. right. And 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 um and 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 prove your communities and do better and, and, and communicate with others, because those all that is is that uh, takes action and, and it's hard work so it's um I, the, the those are some of the things i would i would say and we wrote about it my <laughs> my dad sent the letter and i said you're screwed you know man because we're writers now cynthia drew about it i wrote a i wrote a chapter and we published it with the publisher as a short story they thought it was uh moving and brilliant i sent it to my father and i said you got you sent me a letter. Uh, I just wrote a book of political satire. I just made you into a chapter. Um, and he was enormously touched. It doesn't mean that he didn't vote for Trump last time. He did. But um, like everybody else in the American family, in the British family with all the, the Brexit voters, um, we can't get rid of them. We can't re-educate them. All we, all we can do is keep them close. And... Uh, um show by example that this is the way that we want to live our lives you know and maybe they'll they'll see for themselves that uh they can they can get rid of all of that and still be themselves um so not to be pollyannish but i i decided at that moment after struggling with it that that we had to go back to love family love uh and forgiveness um it's not as uh sexy an answer as shut them out you know but, uh, but, it, but it's a it's it ha it's the only long-term solution a anyway excuse me for going on about that this is, this is difficult stuff you know it is i was gonna say we will talk about the books in, in shortly but one thing people listening to this and one thing i can tell myself is watching you two talk you're very passionate about politics oh. and the presidency and stuff like that. Yeah. were you ever interested in ever getting involved in politics yourself are you or are you just yeah. like i'm gonna sit back and observe that that's enough for me. <laughs> no um well we we've thought about it but it, it is something that one we're um it's not something that's in our families so that's i think that so that takes you have to take a leap to do it um i think if we were to ever do anything we would do it in the communities but what we've I, I, what we did is we've taken the opposite. We've worked with a lot of nonprofits, um, sure. and and that's the way we've kind of contributed, which I think is just the other side of um, of, of politics because you're trying to influence politics, right? So we've worked with um, a, a, a group that is um, provides food for um, folks that are struggling um, and provides other types of um, uh, support for them to get back on their feet. Um, and then we also have worked with some um, museums that are more um, art oriented um, or uh, the are design oriented. So it's, it's it's like how should you be living your lives or using your resources and that type of thing. So it's um, we've come at it from that direction um, while uh, needing to also, you know, um, 
uh, work for a living. <laughs> so, um, so it's been something we can, we can, we can coordinate, but, um, folks have asked George to, to, to run for things. Um, and, uh, it, 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 it hasn't come to the right time. No, it's, it's very difficult. Um, it's difficult because I, I was appointed to, um, the uh, police chief's board, uh, civilian board in 2010. And I was honored for four years and we've stayed on the, uh, DC police board um, ever since. Um, and it's a, it's a service, uh, it's a citizens focused uh, service that we've done ever since. Uh, and like Cynthia said, we've, um, we've been involved in people's lives. We've been able to contribute uh, financially, but also with our times and with our legal backgrounds. So that's been, th that's been very special. Um, but yes, I do get asked, especially being so bombastic, if I would. But I was appointed to a, a zoning commission for a short period of time. And really, it wasn't just that you had to fight for people about where the where the new roads would go and would you put a traffic light here or whatever else, because people were virulent about things like that. I was shocked at how these educated uh, upper middle class people were virulent about, no, the it should go here and this parking lot should be should be like asphalted over. It was like people, I only care about uh, public safety and the ability to vote. You know what I mean? And, and uh, education, you know, I I could care less about the rest of it. And you're being really rude to each other and to us, you know. So I knew it was never my we, we really like being in the we like being behind the people who are who are up front, you know. But thank you for asking. I know people people have asked us a number of times, but we're happy with our we're happy with our social engagement. The books have really been a way, uh, and not, not not to circle back to that, but it's been an unusual way that we've been able to touch people. You know, it's it's been it's been very in, special in, influencers. Influencers, <laughs> right? <laughs> not like you, but yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, no. You should. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you're football fans, but you should ask Ron Rivera why he didn't play Heineke for the whole season last season and actually uh, traded for Wentz. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you if you are commanders. Do you support? Do you follow football NFL? No. No. Okay. Fo football. But yeah. Okay. No. Enough. We actually watch. Yeah, yeah, we we're gonna. We're gonna have to, uh, you can uh, either watch football or you watch politics or you, or you follow politics. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. We're we're That's we're fair. we're more tennis folks. So. um yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, fair, no, fair enough. I've just, I, I, uh, I'm a huge NFL. I have been for years. You are, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just, it, it, it well, doesn't well, matter. <laughs> we have. Uh, I, I think you're not, you're not going to take this very well. The, 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 um, the most we know about um, football is through Ted Lasso. Um, oh, your, your football, yes. Your football. Oh, well, um, yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah, show. Yeah. Yes. But um, you, I'm sure somebody's told you you look like one of the guys. You look the, like um, Beard. You look like Beard. Do I? Yes. Yes, you have got. If yeah, you you're don't very know what I'm cool. talking about. You've got to watch. <laughs> I love Coach Beard. He's great. Coach he's Beard fantastic. Is great. He's Thank the best. I think he's the best. Anyway, character. um, I'll I'll move on from football then. Oh, it's just it's just it, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, do no problem. <laughs> um, how was the New Orleans Jazz Festival, by the way? Uh, it was fantastic. We we've we've we found out that we've attended for twenty years outside of those three years of COVID. So wow. it's been amazing and. Between that and I really recommend that over Mardi Gras any day. But but we also there's also something called the French Border Festival, which is the same groups 
and they're out on the riverbank. Um, and you can walk to it because we have a place in New Orleans. It's right in the French Quarter. And um, it's fantastic. So we went to uh, essentially all 15 days of music this year, last year. And then pre-COVID, we did the same thing for years. Um, and it's it's all types of music. Like this year, this year, Lizzo played and Sharon played. You know, it's it's uh, it's so many different uh, groups as well as jazz and blues and gospel and uh, uh, and American country. It's it's just very exciting. I yeah. Think. So it's I mean you can see so much in such a short period. I mean you can go see four major acts in like one day, um, and they're all different. Um, and and that's not even and that that could be like one stage. You can, yes. If you want to watch. Um, um, jazz or blues or, or gospel and gospel, I mean, is just incredible what these people do. The it passion just, is unbelievable. So uh, we just we enjoy all of it. It's just it's a it's a um, it's a, a great time, and it, it is getting quite crowded. <laughs> but um, but uh, New Orleans, New Orleans is a um, a place that just um, imbues that kind of musicality, you know, in, in every day, and especially during that season. It's not just even the festival. It's all around town, and and the music, the musicians. I think it, really enjoy going to it as much as ever, everybody else, because um, they're seeing their um, the folks that they're um, building off of and creating from. Um, so it's uh, anyway, it's it's a, gr- a great event. You know, the, one of the first things we did after getting a place there about twenty months ago is that we met the people at the New Orleans Jazz Museum, which is state run, and we became friends with them and. They have a free concert every Tuesday in their courtyard. It's remarkable. We've uh, we've uh, gotten to know a lot of people through them, and uh, we got to know the people of the jazz uh, radio station there, WWOZ. Not to put out a call for them, but we've met so many amazing people. And and even though we're and we're very polite, we know that uh, you don't want to be Yankees. You don't want to come down. Uh, you don't want to be like the big uh, people from uh, like going from London to like Manchester or York and then throwing your weight around or something. We we're very polite. We, uh, we, we met people. We were behind the scenes. We contributed and we gave time, you know, not just money, but we gave them time to help them put on galas or help reach out to people. Uh, Cynthia's uh, contributed to go on the radio as well to put together like music for, with uh, a lot of women, uh, uh, jazz musicians, which is very cool. And we've got to meet some amazing musicians along the way. So um, uh, it's, it's really been extraordinary. I don't mean to go on about it, but it's, it's really beautiful. But it's, it's very similar to how we've, we've tried to go into the life of the, that, that sort of nonprofit and cultural world here in D.C. as well. You know, it's very special. And the politics in New Orleans are so different than even in Washington, D.C. We're definitely going to stay out of that. We're going to stay out of that. Definitely going to stay out of that. (laughs) They are so conservative. It's amazing. When you're in D.C., you're like in a uh, a very progressive liberal bubble. You know, there are no Trump signs, for example. You go to New Orleans and all your neighbors have guns and they all have Trump stickers and they love to tease you about... uh, about uh, Brandon, and they're like, "Are you watching uh, conservative TV? Are you listening to conservative radio?" And we're like, "No, we're not. You've seen my published works. Here's the books." And they're like, "This is very nice. Thank you very much." 
but you never talk to them about it, you know? So it's, it's, it's fascinating. It really is. It's good to get out of our, our bubble as well. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's affected the way we wrote the second, and not, not to circle back to the book, but I mean, having been there and then working on the second book, the kids book, it really had me think about how to approach those people as well and make the book not generic, but uh, appeal to uh, different people, you know, because it was in our face all the time, you know? Yeah. So it was interesting. Anyhow, so we're, we're, we're having a nice dual uh, life there, there and here. With, with the books, though, why did you ch- choose 10 and 6? Is that because oh. the school years differ over there, or is it? Oh, no, no, no. The, the reason is because um, the first book was actually written for young adults, but the publishers liked it so much, they published it as an adult book, a book for um, okay. Uh, okay. from not, not not from like 15 to 17, but for 24 to 64, which they said was a huge honor and, and we just went with it. Um, the original book was actually going to be for five-year-olds and I sent them the sketchbook and they were like, we're going to have a kid's book? And I said, yes. So I decided that it was very difficult to go straight to five-year-olds because there's um, there, there, there's a, there's a lot of content for kids who are really who they are and that's why the books the second book with uh, this pair Georgie and Gigi are 10 year olds they're second graders they they know who they are they're cool they they have their own opinions um and you, I mean you can you can talk to them and even if they don't get everything they're they're more aware um and it was just a matter of we wanted to do it for our younger audience because that was what it was intended for. Um, but the, the, the first one turned out to be a little bit too much. Um, uh, and so that, I mean, it, I mean, everybody, we know adults, um, um, teenagers, whatever, have read it. So it's, yes. for, it's for everybody. So it's the younger one, the, um, having the, um, them interact in the story. I think um, the, the, the characters is what made it um, a way of explaining things without one being boring, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> And we, one of the things that has happened is that um, a lot of our friends, obviously they got in the book and um, they, their kids read, they read to them at night. And some of them have, they'll tell us when they've chosen that they want to listen to that book again or our book. And so it's like, really, that's really, that's cool. really cool. That's um, really so cool. anyway, it's, um, but it was a way of, it was um, a way of still getting at that audience. And I think like George said, we're trying to do one that's even younger, but it's, it's honestly, it, it's hard to get those concepts um into the into this the uh you know into, into something that the the younger folks want to listen to well i'll, I'll tell you that uh, the reason i picked uh, 10 year olds is um i became politically aware uh when i was nine i followed that election that was 1972 that was uh that was nixon and mcgovern but i knew what it was i followed it i explained it to kids at school and i was aware of the next election with jerry ford um, so to me, politics has just always been uh, in my life. So I knew that I could talk to kids at that age. The reason the third book is for six-year-olds. You, you have to tell them what, how you got in trouble when you were. Um... Oh, I, I, I uh, <laughs> went in 1976. I was uh, 13 and I was putting up signs for Jerry Ford and he lost. And in my Catholic school, I wrote uh uh, Carter sucks peanuts on all the walls. And uh, the nun, you know, 
did what the nuns do. They whack you with a ruler, you know, the ruler, <laughs> and then uh, sent me to the uh, to the principal, who was really cool. He was a uh, former uh, Jesuit priest, and we would sit and have uh, political discussions. Um, and a lot of those discussions have come out in the books, you know, again, about the social contract where um, where uh, in the U.S. What kid in, the, in that grade is, I'm is, sorry. is, um, is, uh, is writing stick, that on the Stick on the to the wall. folks, stick yeah. to focus. I know it was, it was very important. But the six-year-olds, um, the reason I wrote it for six-year-olds and not like four-year-olds is because you can't you can't really give them uh really complex introspection and the the one thing that the publishers always cut me back on is uh one volume because i always give them like uh twice as many words as that they expect <laughs> and second of all uh they're like george we really thought when we gave them this manuscript for the second book they're like we thought it was just going to be like a short rehash of the first book with the same stories but it was totally different i sent them like um the first book they whittled down from like 25 to, and it's not their word counters, but they wanted to make it manageable. The second book, I gave them like 35,000 words with so many, you know, and they were like, no, cut this back in half. We don't want to like kill them. And we did that. And the third book, I started to write it and they're like, George, there are four-year-olds. I said, we can't write to four-year-olds. I don't want it to be like, oh, look at the happy president that you have to be able to talk to them and you have to respect kids. Five-year-olds will get it, but six-year-olds in first grade, they will get the concepts. And I've talked to so many, like, five- or six-year-olds and say, hey, do you follow, like, I'm at the store, I'm like, do you follow politics? And they're like, yeah. And then we'll talk about this, and I'll I'll add it to the book, you know? They're, like, they're really cool. They're, they're not going to understand that you might be um, long-winded. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a little long-winded, right? <laughs> You're okay. uh, I will I will tell you, uh, Cleo touched on this, but in the second book, as well as as well as having like a skateboard magical skateboard which brought me back to like my first skateboard which was like uh, a skinny a banana anyway it doesn't matter but but the skateboard was really cool having that as a mechanism was really cool so they could go back um but the idea of not just having like the president in the first book visited by other presidents and they just talk in the second book we wanted the kids to interact. That way, young kids who are reading it can say, oh, look, I was on the boat with George Washington, you know, and I used my iPhone to help guide the boat across the Delaware River to find, you know, with my with my infrared technology and with my maps, uh, which did not exist in 1772, uh, but I have uh, NASA level maps. And then writing uh, the most important document with uh, Abraham Lincoln, the Gettysburg Address, where they all sat down together side by side and they're like hashing it out and brainstorming. And so kids can say, I get these concepts. I get why they're important, but I could contribute to it, you know. And I thought that was really important. And the publishers really loved that, too. They were really touched by that as well. And they took out all the sappy parts that I put in. So... Uh, <laughs> It's a it's a shame you couldn't be like Lincoln. Don't go to that theater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Let's um, be honest. Ninety percent of the presidents have been, shall we say, of the older generation. Yeah. Are you hoping with getting more people interested in politics at a younger age to maybe see yeah. a younger person yeah. in office and see what they yeah. could bring to the country? 
Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a little shocking when you see right now the G7s going on and you see um, all the, the, um, the leaders um, and you see so Biden, young. And, and, and you see they're so young and then you've got Biden. It's like their dad. Right. At least their dad. Yeah, no. <laughs> their At least their dad. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but I, I do think that one of the, one of the good things that is going to come out of all of this is people have learned a huge amount about why we've got certain things structured. You know, why do we have three branches? Why are they co-equal? Why does you know why is one do have the purse and the other has the um, judicial um, determination? It just, the this, the amount of 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 education. That's Civic going on, and, 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 and because it has to, um, I think really has brought out the the college age um, the, uh, kids and the um, and some of the Gen Z, whatever you want to call them. I think they're Gen, what are they, wise or whatever. Um, so all of those those people who I think glided along thinking democracy and the way we live and the things, the rights we have, and that all just is um, permanent. And I think that that this has shaken everybody um, a bit, including the people who the um, the uh, the um, college age kids who are like, well, we want we want to live in a demo- I hope <laughs> we want to live in a democracy, so we've got to participate. So I absolutely believe that this has really um, woken people up um, in in the um, in the right way to meaning that you have to um, you have to participate, whether it's being somebody in office or somebody who is supporting somebody. Um, in office, it's it's it really it's. I think we were a little sleepwalking with some of this, um, and it's much. It's got to be a much more active um, uh, participation, and at all levels. Uh, the the thing that people have understood is that from school boards all the way up to uh, to uh, city councils, um, all the way up to uh, greater office that participation is very important, especially at the local level. And so where people in the past would never have gotten involved, or they thought somebody else will do it, somebody else will be a county clerk, somebody else will be on the school board. Now they see how fraught it is and how um, pernicious the worst, the worst of us um, have gotten into local politics. And now people are standing up all over the country, not just for our higher elected officials, uh, our, our official positions, but also at the local level. And I think that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of dedication. So we, we, we still, give a lot of support for that. Yeah. We still have a lot of hope that that's what's gonna bring us out of this because we are, we're living in a, a really kind of um, fraught time and with people who are doing things um, for hateful reasons, um, you know, and they want things to be, they want to throw us back to the 1950s or 60s or whatever you want to say. But the, um, the fact is, I think that that's showing um, why that's not where the society is going to go. And this is hopefully the last gasp so that we really are a multicultural um, uh, society and can show people how everybody um, can, can live together. And, and so we've got to go through this to get to that to that end and that people will be much better educated as a result uh, of what we've been through. But it's, it's not a whole lot of fun, right. You know, going through some of this, but there's, there's, there's a wide bench of young people that we had not seen before. I mean, if it wasn't for Trump running again in 2020, Biden would not have come back. Um, If, if Hillary had won, it 
if she would have been the last of that establishment old guard. There are so many youngs and young progressives that we support, that we believe in, who are filling the ranks locally as well as in Congress, you know, and, uh, you know, we have, we have, we have and the, pushing the, us forward and pushing us forward, you know, and they're not, they're not just, uh, there's so much activity now. They're not just backbenchers, you know, uh, as you would say, they are stepping to the forefront. There's a, there's a, a 27 year old man who was elected a gay man from uh, a predominantly uh, a white community in Western Florida, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, there's so there's there's a huge bench. Plus, plus for running for even the presidency, we have people uh, like Pete Buttigieg, who's very young in his early 40s, uh, gay. Um, people call I, I think of him as uh, as conservative in the sense that I mean he's br- he's brought back religion to uh, the Liberal Party. He's married. He has children. He believes in those things. He's a veteran. Um, he would be running for president like he did before if we weren't in such, um, uh, like Cynthia says, upside down uh, an upside down time. Biden would, would not have run. He would have stayed out. Uh, we have a lot of young, exciting people who are going to step up and they're needed. But but right now, uh, the old guns, the old guns <laughs> are needed. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't. I, as far as Biden, uh, Biden Trump type um, race, not that we don't want to go through that again. But um, clearly, I think that the a counteract um, or a reaction to um, Trump is a, a Biden who is, you know, um, gets things done. He's the old. He 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 has the characteristics that we attribute to the um, the the anti-Trump. So absolutely. Anyway. He looks and he looks great in aviators. Yeah, I mean he's you know <laughs> the, the the bad Brandon uh, memes are badass. You know, I I love that. It's like yeah, he's like uh, eighty two years old, but he's a badass. You know, um, we did it. We did a um a, just a, as a lark a, um a video with it with um uh with with him and um Kamala. And Kamala. That's um that we did just as a as as a, something fun. So obviously we've touched on the short stories, the books, yeah. there's some incredible things, but you have your phenomenal award-winning podcast, The Social Contract. Yes. So is the podcast basically just an audio version of the books? It's, or is it's, it very... it's, no, it's not. It's, it includes the, um, the, the audio version and the, um, the actor who uh, did the, the voices, um, which is, he, he's incredible. Um, Stephen DeRosa, but the um, what we tried to do is build around it, which was um, and this was uh, uh, we, we all got together and kind of brainstormed on how we would do it. But so, for example, on um, the the first year, one of the things we did was we ha- we interviewed people around um, around town that had a relationship to the story, and just coming back to the um, January sixth, we um, had the the um, the executive director of the building museum. Um, at the uh, um, in town, um, and there's a they they're that that's one of the largest buildings um, or indoor spaces in the city. So we we talked about kind of what um, some of that um, grandeur, um, you know, um, how that attributes to some of the 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 um, f- feelings of democracy and that type of thing within the town. 
um, and then also had the um, the, the um, one of the uh, the member the executive directors of the foundation for um, the police who was involved in a number of his um, constituencies were a part of the the January 6th. So it's it's trying to build on that story and almost bring it into today. And that's just one of them. We had um, several people come in and 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 talk about their um, the connection. So that's mm. so that and then. Um, in addition to um, Stephen, we've also had a uh, um, for this year a younger um, act um, actress who uh, voices some of it. So we try and we try and build on it. The the other piece of it is the um, the art, which is um, harder to do on bo- podcasts, as you can imagine. Um, but, <laughs> but it's but, on the but, website. But, All the content is there. The transcripts, the art. It's really beautiful. But we try and add that into why the particular because the word art was part of the first book was ex- trying to explain what those words meant. So you, once you explain that, then people can go look at it. So it's a lot of different pieces to it. Um, and it's not, it's the, the book is kind of the um, core that we jump off of. Hmm. And we, we explain that as well. So like with the word art, um, explaining why bravery was a word that Cynthia wanted to write uh, to paint on a skateboard, you know, and uh, why truth was important to one president or the other, that characteristic, so that uh, the, the listeners or the readers will understand firsthand when they think of this, they'll think of this president, they'll think of this characteristic, and they'll have this really cool piece of art that they can look at, print out, put on a wall. Uh, we put them on keychains, you know, it's, uh, it's fun stuff. I love the concept of it. I listened to the Capitol, the Capitol building one. Oh, um, yeah. Tavia, yeah, it was it was great. I like I love the way you've obviously Tavia Gilbert is the presenter, isn't she? Yes, and yes, then she's she it, it's the way that she presents the podcast. You started your story, then they split the story in half. Obviously, at the interview, um, yes. and then the story comes back on, and obviously Stephen doing the voice and stuff. It, it's really well done, really, really yes. well done. I really enjoyed it. And it's very moving too, you know, the, the, the whole idea of the Capitol saying, how could you do this to me after I've stood, I've stood up for you all these years, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was very moving and Cleo came up with that concept. And um, really what happens is that Cleo comes up with the concept and I can execute it. And okay. uh, that, that's how, it, that's really how it's worked that um, there's never a sense of writer's block for either of us um, that, that, we think of a concept. Uh, usually, Cleo thinks of the concept. She thinks of a, something to sketch and um, sets it up. Um, and I find that with a little direction, a little push, the um, uh, I do the research for what my publisher calls golden nuggets. Really interesting things about uh, the presidents, you know, that nobody would have known, like. Uh, the coconut for uh, President Kennedy that he wrote, save us, you know, on it, or that he jumped into the water and bit down on the life jacket of the man that had broken his back and swam four miles to an island, you know? That's that's really amazing. These are stories that came, that I remembered from being six or seven and doing book reports. And, you know, they showed up in the book years later. But um, once I have the concept, the... Um, the words just come. Um, it's and the same with the art. The art just comes. We're never struggling over it, you know. 
So it's, I, I think the, the best point, um, description, the history with a, a little bit of a wink. Yeah, and it's, that's it's, right. And just the, the, the fact that you can take that in and learn um, various things within a half hour. And you can, I mean, as you're driving to work again, um, you, know, <laughs> uh, uh, you can you can pop, you can pop that in and listen to it. It just and it's 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 something to take away. Um, and it's not all the um, the noise from everywhere else. Um, anyway, so that's that's kind of the, the thought behind it. The uh, the publishers told us that on their demographics about who listens and when they listen, apparently people listen to the short podcasts when they're like uh, walking. So like if they'll go out to exercise, they'll listen to uh, our podcast because it's uh, I mean, sure it's, it's only once a month, but it's also 30 minutes. So like they're not going to kill themselves. They're like, oh, OK, that's good. <laughs> and then I'll come back. You know, So uh uh, but that's a very interesting uh, demographic note, isn't it? I oh thought that God. was interesting, you know. Well, it's better than the magazines on the potty or it's something. It's better than the magazines <laughs> on the potty, right. It's like the line, you can read Dostoevsky uh, uh, in the bathroom, but you can't finish him, you know. I think, I think for us, it'd be like when Forrest Gump goes for a walk. You know? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's See, a treasure, Tom Hanks. So you say you've done season two based around the second book. Is is yes. there plans for a season three? Oh yes, yeah. It was the third book, which uh, which is about a third written now. Um, it's Georgie and Gigi, the same characters, but they're in the uh, in the first uh, second grade, first grade, and they are uh, there's there's also a very feisty young nun who. Um, also yells at them and threatens them with the rulers, which I, I love because I went to Catholic schools, you know, and they're, 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 they're doing something, you know, and they get fallen back. Like in the, in the first chapter, uh, they are playing a uh, Mario brothers video game and they fall back uh, in time and they meet Harriet Tubman, who was a civil war, uh, a black woman, uh, a slave who ran away and turned out to be a spy for Lincoln. So uh, that was very exciting. Um, Don't give it away. Oh, yeah. And, she, did the, uh, <laughs> she, did the, she did the Underground Railroad. Underground Railroad, which, right. Which allowed um, people to, to filter into the, um, into the North. Um, and she did it. I mean, an incredible um, hero. Um, in the in in history, so but we, but we, but we so made there's, it. There's more to it, but we can't say anymore. Because... Oh, but they they made it fun. You know, we we had to find a mechanism to make it fun. You know, so um, and and we're doing a. Um, I, I also suggested that we don't just do it in just the presidents. We also do it by location. So in the um, in the fourth episode that I, I've just finished, they're all on a paddle boat. They're all on sea kayaks in the Potomac. And there's two kids that have just moved into their class, uh, Antoine and Antoinette from New Orleans. And uh, they fall uh, through a tributary, meet a young uh, Thomas Jefferson when he buys a third of the country in the Louisiana Purchase. So you get to talk about uh, the Napoleonic Wars and what happened. Um, we're, we, I've sketched out where we do... Uh, you're, you're the publishers are going to be annoyed with us. We can't tell you anymore. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so yeah. But, but it's going to be like a tour of America, you know, so it's not just the location and you get to introduce younger characters. Um, and um, if that'll publish by the end of the year, it'll be in time for for the third season. And um, I think that they're they're very excited that the numbers have keep going up and they didn't expect it. 
because it's not like we're on television. It's not like we're pundits, we're journalists, we're, we're in that, in that area. We're known in our narrow area of regulatory legal, uh, you know, um, and this to create a, uh, a, a, brand. a brand and in political satire, which they, the publishers were really surprised by. This is the first book of political satire that they had done. And to find that within a year of the first book that they, they didn't think would, would ever grow enough, but we did enough online. We encouraged enough online. We had so many updates and we encouraged the uh, publisher. They were inspired to publish short stories, which which created more traffic. They came up with doing a music video, which created more traffic. And the first book went into a uh, paperback form, which apparently is a huge honor. We didn't we didn't even understand. And from that, a few months later, I said, hey, what about podcast? They're like, yes, we'll do it. And um and then my saying, uh, here are my sketches from uh, when I was originally going to do this because I had a conversation with my seven-year-old niece and she said, do it like this. And they're like, we can have a kid's book. And now we're in the, the second year and there'll be, the, uh, I believe, a third year with the books. But but the, the brand... I think the, most, I think the most, the fun thing is that um, with the... With, um, the book with, with Stephen voicing everybody and Stephen really giving, DeRosa, yeah. giving, bringing them to life. Um, if you don't think of it, listen to anything else, the songs, that, the songs. that keep coming oh, up great. With are just are. That's why I did. That's why I'm not. I didn't read the audiobook like I was supposed to, because in like every short story and in the two books, I have like a singing number, right? Because in my heart what I really always wanted to be was a lounge act, you know, and not like a fancy one, like singing at the Ritz at the, the blue room after, uh, you know, I'm like thinking like at the, at uh, the, the Manchester uh, Hojo's, you know, by the oh, airport, holiday <laughs> by the airport, you know, in a lounge suit, you know? So I always had a lounge act in like every story. But anyway, we've had a lot, we've had, we've a, had great a lot deal of fun. fun. I can't sing. That's why Steven's done it. Um, neither one of us can yeah but it's it's but they tell us that with the with the sales um it's it's important that um that we may have touched ten thousand people and if you think that perhaps if half of those are children you know and the uh we go out and we do book readings we do it at uh, police stations, not, not for the police, but they have kids programs, you know, with what mm -hmm. we call Title I uh, students who are like from poor areas. And we sketch with them. We read them the stories. They love it. You know, you, you touch people's lives like this and uh, certain stories That's really helps influence and, and keeping up the hope. Yes, exactly. I mean, so if all we've done, it looks bored. I, I apologize. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very sorry, but really, I really, I really, I really feel that, that. But really, Tom, that that if you touched people's lives and all this bunch of nine-year-olds who become politically aware or civically aware, like Cynthia said, they may not love politics, but they understand civics more, and they know that they can be uh, like a conservation president by. Uh, I turn the lights off or turning the water off or keeping the refrigerator closed, or they know not to take the biggest piece of cake on the table because that breaks the social contract. You know, uh, we all have to be nice to each other. Then we won, you know? 
So yeah, absolutely. totally, totally unexpected, totally unexpected that that uh, two lawyers um, during COVID want to speak to their nieces and nephews and came up with things that have touched people's lives. You know, it, it, it may not be huge, but it's it's important to us, you know. So oh, I know that's a little Pollyannish, but it, it it's stuff that gives us the panish, the passion to keep going, you know. Absolutely, and I mean you're award winning now as well. Yes, it's. I'll <laughs> tell you something very funny. We we won two awards, um, and one of them is for the actual um, uh, is is for the podcast for the mechanics, the engineering, and one was for the history. Um, and I'll tell you the funniest thing: mothers really know how to keep you. Uh, cut you down to size or keep your feet on the ground because I said, so mama, you saw that we won two awards. And she goes, no, no, you won one award for writing. That's the history. The podcast engineers won the other award. You only won one award. And it was like, oh, that was beautiful. I can't wait to tell Cleo that. She will laugh and laugh because it was exactly right. You know, nothing like mothers. your mother to keep you. You're maybe 60, but your mother's like, no, no. <laughs> just going back talking about book two and the future of yes. book three from what you're saying yes. about them when you were talking about them and what the message you're trying to get across and everything all i could think of in my head was animation this oh yes perfect perfect animation especially yes. to show in schools and things like that that exactly. is absolutely perfect like it is and the and the, our our publishers have really good connections with nickelodeon um, and with other sites, and they've they've pursued this. I think it's a very tough space to break into, but they're very excited that as the brand grows or people get to know about it, that these stories, since they're so positive, you know, they're not negative, they're not snarky, and they're about, uh, you know, uh, they're about the flag um, that we're hoping it'll come across. But I, I agree. I think I think it'd be a beautiful way to come across to people. I also thought I wrote the first book actually in play form, and they really loved that. They thought it could be like a 1776 uh, play. Yeah. Um, and so I've always, and the way that we've done like these book readings have always been in a play format. So I think it would be perfect and it'd be very exciting. We could have new characters and the kids are fun. They're cool. They're cool the way I was never cool, you know? So they are, they are so cool. They're so awesome. Amazing. It's true. It's true. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely something that we'd like to. Um, I mean, it's it it definitely lends itself. Maybe we it, when we get into it, more content, it'll it'll just push itself that way, similar to the way it's pushed to here, because we would have never expected to be here. Um, On a podcast yeah. We're with you, you know, this is incredible. <laughs> last last thing from myself. Obviously, yes. looking at the future of American yes. politics and the presidency. The question I think we all need to ask because there's rumors and these going around for years now. Do you think that Dwayne the Rock Johnson will become president one day? Ah, <laughs> I, 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 he was born. He was born in American uh, in American Samoa, so he can be president. It is a Commonwealth, absolutely. I think it'd be really cool. I think Arnold. Uh, I, I think it's possible. I mean, it's um, it, it and, yeah. All joking aside, all joking, yeah. Um, hmm. I, that's a, I, I didn't realize that that was a rumor. <laughs> no, but if, if if Ronald Reagan in bedtime for Bonzo with a uh, monkey, uh, which is one of the most popular uh, uh, chapters that we wrote, 
uh, with kids um, could be president. Um, but I have to say that he he actually does have the, some of the characteristics he does. that we've been trying to to, um, to promote. Um, even though he, I'm not sure that all of his um, screen time would be good for his his. Um, <laughs> but you know what? But all joking aside, you know, in every interview I've read about him, because I, I like him personally, apparently he's like, uh, it's not just for show. All the behind the scenes is that he's like a good guy. You know, he's like Tom Hanks. I'd like to see Tom Hanks as president. Right. I oh. mean, it's it's like somebody. So apparently, that, let's think of a good one. That's yeah. Good one. <laughs> no, I mean, the behind the scenes, you're right. Dwayne Johnson apparently is generous on screen with other people. He mentors younger people. He, uh, I mean, that's really what you want, you know. You really do. All kidding aside, I know I'm like uh, I have like no sense of humor. I know you said that as a joke, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but behind the scenes, he's a good guy. You're like George. It was a joke, man. It was a joke. I just love the fact that went from a joke to get to now the Rock has George's vote if he ever does. Oh, he does. Right, man. <laughs> he does. I know, and you heard it here first, so we would love to meet you. <laughs> Mr. Stevens, do you have any more questions for our wonderful guests? I do, I do. I'd like to talk to Clear about Harat, if that's okay. Oh, yes. Um, you work in a, a different variety... Oh, I messed that up massively. You work in a variety of mediums. You do loads of different bits and pieces. You, know, you have figures, you have your political art, you have words like we talked about in the skateboards and stuff. Which one do you enjoy doing the most, or is it just a variety? You just love doing all of it? Yeah, I, I I like it all. It, it's um, because I I uh, I mean one it it goes to more the, um, the the vibrancy of the of the medium than anything. I don't feel like there's a difference between um, the words versus figures or or that type of thing. I think it has more to do that just um, I like something that makes when you look at it. Um, people said that they that you know that they feel um, uh, feel good you know they so there's a, yeah. a reaction to it is more important to me than um, than necessarily anything else uh, and 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 I think the colors bring that out um, and and that's that's why it kind of lends itself to pop art or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. um, not to mention I am not a, a, I, I've never taken an art class this is all um, you know just um, uh, self-taught uh, so it's it's and, um, and that's that's what comes out when I start thinking of it but you have a good eye you have a good instinct about it you know and our um, the, the thing the story uh, if I could jump in when uh, when I first met the publishers and I had a real rapport with Ken Simon he was the uh, sort of like the boutique uh, uh, editor. Um, the creative director, uh, uh, Benjamin, um, he said, what inspired you? And I showed him this the picture. I sent him the picture of the vote that, that uh, Cleo had done. And he went apoplectic. He's like, this is exactly what I love. I want this look. I want this look of Andy Warhol political pop. Can we get this artist? We are going to collaborate with this artist. You better know where this is, and this better not be copyrighted somewhere else. He said, oh, no, no, it's my wife, the artist Cleo. And he's like, are you joking? And then their rapport was the same as my rapport with uh, my, uh, my publisher, my editor, Ken. And the collaboration that we've had together as a foursome has been... Uh, remarkable and it's it's unlike what they say with any other author any other artist that they've had part of it is that we're lawyers and we 
We're very responsive. They send us edits. We get back to them, you know, the same day. But We're, yeah, he liked the fact that it was in house and everything. It was in house, <laughs> absolutely. I know it was fantastic. And, but anyway, and, let him ask his other questions. Oh, I apologize. I'm sorry, Tom. No, you're, you're okay, George. I appreciate you apologizing, but you don't have to. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I don't think you can really teach art, can you? It's nothing you can be taught. It's just, it's expressive. You know, it's how you, it's, it's whatever you bring to life is, is art. I could, I could literally grab a piece of paper now and just draw whatever the hell I wanted. And realistically, that's my interpretation. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And it's, it's um, some people say it's, it's it, that, that expression, for example, so for some people it's language, some people it's, you know, it's drawing. And I've just always been very comfortable with the, with the, the, the drawing and, visual. and the visual or try, and trying to get people, uh, pulling people in that way or impacting them that way. Cause if they look at it, they're like, well, why did you, you know, why did you do it this way or that way? And it's like, well, the fact that you're asking questions about it is, is sufficient, right? Absolutely. Because you've looked at it closely enough that you're, you're, um, you've got something to say about it right yeah the 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 the, the cool thing is that for years i knew that cynthia drew because i saw her cartoons when we were in law school when uh her cartoons when she was uh in in high school and uh so i've always bought her artwork to just help her art books to dry dry it all these pretty things and she's she's been able to do it on and off but it was when the ipad came out and she discovered the drawing app on it. She started to make vibrant, vibrant, vibrant artwork. Um, and uh, Benjamin has published it in the, the, uh, on her website that, that he created. And he's put all her old drawings from the iPad of all these figures, ballerinas, moving uh, figures. And that uh, moved to the pastels. And Cynthia did their first pastel really was the boat. And that's what inspired it. And then Benjamin said, can you do this? And can I have words? Can I have them in different colors? And uh, Clay was like, how many do you want? What colors do you want? And she produced them. Um, but it, it's, it's amazing that it was the iPad and that format that really inspired her right before COVID. And then during COVID, it's what she did in her downtime. And that inspired me. And that's why we're here. There you have it. There you have it. That's the history. That's incredible. That is yeah. incredible. Um, it is. It's do, you, do you sell any of it, uh, Cynthia? Because the I thought the figures were really... I was having a look on the website earlier. The figures were really cool. But I really liked the uh, the political art with all the... Vi- like you said about vibrant colour stuff. Like stuff really stood out um, mm-hmm. with the real black, thick black lines. And obviously yeah. just like reds and yellows and oranges. It was really like, like really in your face. It, yeah. was quite, it was quite impactful, actually, I thought. Yeah. Um, I'd be happy to sell it, but um, <laughs> no, oh. I, I, no, I mean, right now we, we've been mostly doing it with the book. So it's, it's, it's a, oh, okay. And yes. there, but um, mostly, honestly, I like to share it with my friends. Yes. Um, and it, so it's more of a, um, it's a very personal way of, of, of you know, giving a gift or something. Yes. There, this, there, so. there's, there's two things from that one. Benjamin, the uh, creative director says, do not sell any original artwork. We're going to create a market and she's going to be in a major gallery. Right now she's major art gallery online. And uh, um, so I appreciate that. Uh, number two, Cynthia. So maybe, maybe someday. someday. Someday, but but Cleo's dream. There, there are some beautiful places in New Orleans, just a few blocks from where we live, where artists, really renowned artists, uh, paint. Uh, they, they have a brownstone. They paint on the first floor 
uh, and then they hang their art in their own gallery. People come in, watch them paint. And these can be very, very pricey items, real beautiful modern art. And, and Cleo has always had this dream of, uh, of having um, uh, like a, even a part-time shop where, where she has a gallery and paints and I sit up front as the, uh, we have a store called Walmart where everybody comes in and there's like an old retired man in an orange vest, like a Walmart <laughs> reader saying, come on in, come and see the artist Cleo, you know, that's that's her dream. So I, anyway, I, I'm i confident, I'm confident that will happen someday. But um, right now it's just inspiring the books. I will tell you that many of our colleagues and friends have seen the work and, and Cleo has done works for them that have been framed and given as uh, lifetime gifts for their work as lawyers, as judges. So um, the work may not have been sold, but it's hanging in very precious places. Um, so that means a lot to us. And then when we offered the, the sketch of the Capitol to the chief of police and we said, can we can we have it produced for like the 186 officers that um, that were hurt that day, injured that day? And he said, no, I want every officer to see it. And that's what Cynthia said. He put it on banners and he put he put it in in uh, the 17. There are 10 precincts and seven substations uh, and kids um, and kids stations as well. And we went to all the presentations, all the officers signed it. They hung it up in oh, as the, you come in. As you come in, the area where the police officers come to change their shift, their watch shifts, so everybody can see it and remember what happened that day and that they saved democracy. And that's really moving. So, so no, maybe we haven't created a market for a lot of things, but like I said, again, not to be Pollyannish, but we've touched a lot of lives, and that that's that's really special too, you know. Which leads me to my final question. Yes. Um, did you ever think that when you began, you know, with the artwork, with the writing, etc., that you would be here with a podcast, an award-winning podcast? Might I add? Uh, two, <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> two, 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 two. Don't care what you say, mom. Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two books made, a third on the way, a third series on the way. You know, working with those fantastic people. Did you ever think that this is where you guys would end up being today? No, I mean, I, I mean, and, and um, and I think that this was not. It was a goal. It was something that we were we were, we um were provoked to try and put our voice in the in the mix. Um, and that's I think when you do it with that kind of um, you know, um, I'll just use the word truth. Um, sure. that it that that that's these things come with that when you're really um, it, it, it's connected to you in that way. Yeah, the inspiration. The inspiration almost was uh, was enough, you know. Being being able to do it was almost enough. I mean, at at one point when we wrote the manuscript, and we thought it would be just a nice gift for our nieces and nephews, and I thought this is really a nice story, like nieces and nephews and all the kids and the young people that that have read it really like it. And I pursued the publisher, but it was just by. It was all by chance, you know, but like Cynthia said, the inspiration was true. It was real. So I think that's what makes it work. You know, I think if we had gone out to, to kind of engineer it, it would never have, uh, we would not have had the passion for it, you know? So um, it's, it's, it, it's a story of the heart, you know? 
Amazing. Sorry, I'm I'm the introspective one. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's an amazing story, and you know we can't encourage people out there enough to go check out what you guys do. But if people are watching this and want to go check that out, have you got any plugs, social medias, websites, anything you want people to? Go yes, check out? yes. No, I mean the. Well, most importantly is we definitely want to bring this to the the um the uk, UK. and we our days we get we need to build on that distribution so our the, the publishers would be would be um, remiss uh, we would be remiss if we didn't want to bring this because we don't think this is isolated it's no. as we've been talking the, the the things we're talking about um permeate wherever um people living collectively right that that's the um so but the um Beyond that, the the books um, are on every everything you can imagine, Amazon, that type of thing. The um, Audible has the um, the books are read by it, not only does Stephen do the the um, podcast, but he read the books initially. And, and honestly, um, it, for somebody to bring to bring the voices of fifteen different presidents and singing and singing. He, he uh, I mean, it's just a, um, it's just fun to listen to. And um, and then, of course, the podcast, um, the, the social contract, which is it's um, drops every um, first Saturday. Is it of, last, Saturday last Saturday of every month this year? Right. It's it's uh, it's it's my uh, TSC podcast. It's my the social contract podcast. Um, the publishers created two websites. Uh, mine is georgescorey.com, embarrassingly enough. Um, and, and there's the artistcleo.com. Um, we have the social podcast on, on Instagram. Um, and um, those that's th probably enough. Th 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 that's we're really, not on TikTok. We're not on TikTok, <laughs> no. Uh, but really, the, 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 the MyTSC uh, podcast for Instagram, the, the two websites, and the fact that that our we, we have friends and colleagues in the UK and France and they've had trouble downloading, so it's just um, it's really special that now it's available there, you know. So because we've we've just sent them uh, copies, you know, um, to, to quite well, a few just, people. And um, we really do have to say that um, as much as if we've done and talked about with the publishers and bringing the content. Tavia has brought this to life. Oh my God! Um, she has really been behind the behind the scenes, and and the the voice to to to, to match is that um, she's really helped us kind of make this um, you know um, um, fulsome, holistic, whatever you want. It's just like it's a of uh, you know a, a, um, a different type of podcast, I think. Yes. So and, and that's really because of her. Um, these so. yeah, it's it it said a lot about the credibility and the faith that the publishers had in us that they um, not hired, but they partnered with the equivalent of a BAFTA uh, award-winning um, uh, podcaster and the equivalent of a BAFTA um, Tony award-winning uh, um, uh, audio uh, performer. Um, that says a huge amount of the faith that they had in us. And the tenor that was created, the credibility uh, is and remarkable. And there's me. more to come. And there's more to come. I'm sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> Incredible. But I, I like your stay cozy. I like stay cozy too. It's very cool. Oh, oh, thank you very much. Guys, this, has been, this has been a huge honor. Um, we, had, oh. we had one newspaper interview us and it was incredibly moving. 
So I, I can't tell you, this is something we'll always remember. I hope that the next time we come to London, you'll uh, let us uh, take you all out to the net or something for drinks and, uh, um, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a good time uh, socially, but this was very moving. Thank you very much. No, thank, yeah, thank you very you. much. All right. Yeah, this has been absolutely fantastic. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you so much, guys. We'll let you know when this is out. Uh, we'll keep in touch. And yeah, we'd we'd uh, we'd love to come and hang out when you're next. So please please let us know. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. I really really it appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Right, so thank take you care, guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye bye. What a glorious glorious conversation. As I said at the start, so different to anything we've done before, but I think it was great. It really was. It's so informative. And I think it's important that, you know, just because we as people doing this interview are not from America, it's important to know what is going on in the world. Because let's be honest, they're the biggest freaking country in the world. And it's kind of nice to know what's going on over there. (laughs) They're not the biggest country in the world. But I suppose they're not only in size. No. (laughs) As established before, I'm not very good at geography. It's all good. It's absolutely fine, Jinder. But George and the Ice Clear, thank you so much for taking the time, like I said, to spend time with us. Uh, we absolutely love this guy. It's just it took us out of our um, comfort zone, shall we say, out of our remits and got us, you know, we were interested, we were intrigued by what was going on over there and obviously being so close to the Capitol riots. And one other thing, George's publishers, please don't be angry. All right? Yeah. He, uh, please. It's fine. It's all good. We, you know, we thoroughly enjoyed what he had to say about the brand new book that's coming out soon. But we really hope that you all enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I I know that people can change. Uh, and And it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Mr. Stevens. Perfect. Audience participation time. Oh, oh, oh. Dissipate, bitch! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. <laughs> I love these so much. <laughs> oh. This week 
I said, celebrities, we watch them, we admire them, we adore them, we appreciate them entertaining us, and sometimes we're either lucky or not, or not so lucky to meet them. So with that in mind, what is your favourite, most memorable moments from meeting a celebrity? What say you, Mr. Stevens? I mean, from doing this. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and obviously I've worked at a few festivals in my time. I've, it's, it's, I don't mean to sound like a prick, but I've met a fair whack. Uh, but I'm going to go for Michael McIntyre and I'm going to go for the moment before he made it huge in the arenas and all that sort of stuff on his original tour when he played the Cheltenham Town Hall. And as a bar, a club across the road from the Town Hall, which was at the time called Boogie Lounge, he walked out. So I had photos of this stuff and then he walked out with us. He was like, we're going to Boogie Lounge. Everybody, come on. And like shouting at people across the streets and everything. He's like, we're all going to Boogie Lounge. Where are you going? Like people walking away. He's like, where are you going? <laughs> We're all going to Boogie Lounge. <laughs> and then I walked into his car. Um, we're just chatting, uh, gave him his stuff, and he drove away. That's my favorite moment. Awesome. It was great. I'll still got the photo and I look horrific. I have no beard uh, and I have pink and black emo hair. Oh, I remember those days. And he tore me apart on stage. So I was front and center as well because I loved him. I loved him that much back in the day. That's amazing. It was funny because my mum's best mate was there and she was on the phone to the next day. Sorry, this is so long. And was like, oh my God, Michael was absolutely amazing last night. The only problem was this fucking knobhead on the front of him shut up. And she went, yeah, that was my son. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Love a mum story. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> what say you, Mr. Westwood? Ah, oh, I've got I've got a couple. But the first the first one that all speaks to mind is the one from when I was a little kid meeting the British Bulldog, just because I think I've told this story before, but it's just, I, I, I have vague memories of it, but just my mom telling me the story always makes me laugh so much. Waiting in hours in a queue to meet the British Bulldog to sign my copy of WrestleMania 7. I could say anything to this wrestler that I admire, and I say, where's your dog? Mate, you're seven years old. Like, know, don't but, be so hard on yourself. But this is really, it, I'd probably say that now. This is very, me. Well, to be fair, this is very true. This is very true. It's like your body's grown and your mind's just gone, no, I'm staying here. Pretty much, yeah. But I, like, I think this show is probably, it's the biggest highlight of them all, isn't it? The amount of people we've got to speak to, it's absolutely just incredible, really, isn't it? But yeah, I, I did have another one in mind, but my mind's just gone blank on me. I hate it when that happens. But I, I suppose as well, meeting Kevin Smith, I, it was very, very, very brief. He was on stage, but the fact I just got to do that in front of him to get him to sign my arm, he just went, oh, that's me! And I was like, yeah, it is, it's you. And I felt a little bit giddy, and then I was really sad that I could have a proper conversation with him, but still, I got to meet him. It counts. It counts. As far as I'm concerned, it counts. Did you tattoo the signature? Yes, I got the signature added. I literally oh, kept nice. it there for about a day before I could get booked in, so I was like, I'm not washing this arm. I'm not doing anything with this arm. If that comes <laughs> off, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it's still there. So, before we get to participation answers, um, obviously AEW is in London in August. It is. And I'm like, come on, Brian. You want to be for a meet and greet, don't you? You want to do a meet and greet. You want to sign my calf. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> You've just reminded me of the other one I was thinking of. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Jer- Jericho. I met Jericho after a Fozzie gig. Years ago, 2005, I think this was. And chatting to him, my mate walks up to me and says, can you sign this to the Ayatollah Rock and Roll? And he just looks at me and went, fuck off, that's me. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. 
<laughs> refused to sign <laughs> into the Ayatollah Rock and Roll. He's like, fuck off, that's me. That's my name. <laughs> yes, Chris. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what oh. I'd love to stick off the list, Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Right, let's get some audience answers. So yes, go so. First off, it's the wife, Becky Westwood. She said, When I met the Usos and they gave me a big Uso muscle sandwich hug. You were there for that, weren't you? I was, so they thought I loved Bray Wyatt. It's like, no, don't get Brian. (laughs) So I remember when Jay went, hi, I'm Jay, and I went. (laughs) Yes, you are. Hi. (laughs) Wouldn't be like that now, obviously. But I know, yeah, it's weird. But now it's like Oh my god. So I come. <laughs> Matthew Doherty says, I used to have long hair down to my lower back. When I met Hulk Hogan, I told him how big of a fan I was. And he said, If you're such a fan, how about you give me some of that hair, brother? <laughs> <laughs> he said, When I met John Cena, I'd just seen blockers. And I said to the line behind me, Ladies, if you want to go see a naked John Cena, go see blockers. He bent over with laughter and clapped me on the shoulder. Fucking great story, though. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh. And we have we have a reply from TikTok. All oh. I know all I know is his name is Tom. There's, it doesn't have a surname. He says, <laughs> I don't know why this answer really amused me. He said, I saw Ian Hislop walking down the road once. He was wearing a hat. Perfect. <laughs> That's all you need to know. He was wearing a hat. <laughs> Matt Roberts said our good friend and musical maestro Matt Roberts. I love this story. (laughs) I was losing my, I lost my footing backstage at a gig and shoved the girl in the back. She turns around and it's Gabrielle Applin and I proceeded to die inside. He is in love with Gabrielle Applin, right? Like in love to the point where he wants to marry her. Right, (laughs) He loves her that much. And the first time he ever met her was that when he shoved her in the back. (laughs) I don't know who she is, I'll be honest. I've never heard of her. She's a singer. She's a singer-songwriter. Oh. And he literally was is like beside. Um, <laughs> and that's the first time he ever met her. And he proper pushed her up. <laughs> God, how mortified she be. And he literally just went, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. Bless him. Yeah, it's funny. Funny as hell. Oh. <sighs> Lydia Manson says, get in the shirt John Stamos wore on stage after seeing Bye Bye Birdie from John Stamos. Amazing. I mean, John Stamos just hand you his shirt. Carly Donahue. I was babbling whilst cutting Oliver Twist's hair. I say Oliver Twist. His name's Mark Lester. He played Oliver Twist in 1968. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then me seeing Gary Lucy from Hollyoaks after a few Proseccos after a show he was in. He was just casually walking down the road towards me and nobody was around, so I practically jumped on him. Fair. As you do. Mally Malpass. I like this one. This is very heartwarming. I like this one. So it's not a major celebrity, but one who was crazy important to me, and that's Tommy Vance, the radio DJ. He was a huge supporter of my old band, One Dice. When we played a total rock fest, Tommy was in attendance. After the show, we went up into the radio studio to meet him, nervously introduced myself and mumbled something like, Tommy, thank you so much for the support. To which he pushed his chair back from his desk, stood up, shook my hand and said the coolest thing that anyone has ever blessed my ears with. And he said, hey, you guys create, I just relate it. And I will never forget that moment and I never will. That's amazing. That is amazing. My mother, Debbie Myatt's getting involved. Or should I say Debbie Gaskin? He literally fell at my feet. I was walking past the Albany Hotel, as it was then, and Robert Palmer walked out, slipped on a slope, and fell over, landing right at my feet. 
can't do you know who Robert Palmer is? He looked very confused. Oh, might as well face it. You're addicted. Oh, yes, I do know who he is. Yes. And as a child, I was running down a corridor, the Aston Villa Leisure Centre, and I ran into, literally, as he walked around the corner, Bev Bevan from ELO. I can't quite remember what he said. Something like, slow down, little girl. And then he laughed. <laughs> That's reminding me of a story. I walked into Richard Hammond. I didn't see him. It's because he was all the way down there. I genuinely walked straight into him. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That I was like, oh, sorry, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Graham White. It's a long story in how I came to meet him because he came to my school many times, but I really remember shaking Muhammad Ali's enormous hand. Oh, wow. What a fucking great story. This is, this is cool. Yeah, go on. That's all, that's all he said. He was oh, like, it's a long no story. Way. I was like, tell me the fucking long story, Graham. <laughs> that is awesome. That is like, it's, yeah, that's incredible. That's great. Lisa Clemens. I met Robin Williams during his more comedy oh. days. It's JFK Airport Christmas time when he was on the same flight my sister came in on. I was raised as an airline employee's kid and taught not to take up too much time of celebrity time. I tripped over my own words there, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they are busy folks and paying customers. We chatted briefly about holiday plans and I thanked him for the autograph, which, which was in pencil, as it's all I had. And it was lost eventually in one move or another. No! And, and he said, I had to go. I wish I hadn't, as, I see, as he seemed to want to chat more. Oh, oh, I'm really jealous of that. That is amazing. Oh, my day. Could you imagine? I I would just pick his brains for ages. I would just keep... Like, I would be just... Oh, I love him so much. We've got two more for you. Gemma Williams. I once met and took a photo of Kevin Smith at a Comic-Con. Bastard. I was so nervous and excited, I was shaking. Also could have been the lack of food in a hot Comic-Con too. I told Lucy to go in front of me just so I could prepare. He was just as lovely as anyone could ever imagine. The photo sucks. I look awful in it, but it still was an amazing moment. The following day, I met him again to get an autograph, and I showed him my leg tattoo at the time, just the free heads from Tesley, which is on a Kevin Smith podcast. And he took a photo and posted it on his Twitter. I was pretty buzzing that weekend, I can tell you. And at the same Comic-Con, I was walking through the crowd and spotted Matt Lucas coming the other way. And I said, high five. And then he just gave me a high five. I miss (laughs) Comic-Cons. You're just randomly high-fiving Matt Lucas. Good times, good moments. And last but not least, Jerry Keane. This story is beautiful. I love this one. I worked in Euro Disney for two years back in the day, including arriving six weeks before it even opened. So before the opening, there was every celebrity on the planet you can imagine staying. I was working night shift in one of the hotels, which had a games arcade in it. And as I passed for the check-in at 4am, there was a Robin Williams in his pyjamas with his little girl who was having mighty fun playing on all of the video games. I asked him if everything was okay and he replied, yeah, she couldn't sleep, so he came down here for a break. But that was two hours ago and now I think I'm just stuck here. He burst out <laughs> laughing. And I remember as I made my way, I realised that one of the world's best, best loved and most famous funny men of all time had made a joke just for me and nobody else. A very treasured memory. <laughs> How beautiful is that? <laughs> I love him so much. Not Jerry. I do love Jerry. But, we do love Jerry, though. <laughs> uh, but Robin, but Robin, like, just... Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch a Robin Williams movie tonight, I think. Just just need my just need my fill. Just need my fill. I fucking adore that man. I'm so gutted he's no longer with us. Like, I'm so gutted he's no longer with us. I know. Yeah. If I lose Jim as well, I'm going to be like, fuck's sake, what's the point? <laughs> I'm no, never I watching anything funny ever again. 
because I just love that. I love that sort of, I just don't give a shit. Like, I just don't care what you think of me. I'm still going to be me for who, you know, there's that Jim Carrey um, acceptance speech on YouTube when he uh, got a gift. Um, oh my God, my brain, fuck me. He'll give him a diploma or uh, some yeah. certificate degree at a, at a university and his speech is absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, Dead Poet Society is one of my favourite movies. Like, just Robin in that. In- in- just incredible. Like, oh, getting emotional. I need to move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's just, yeah, just, it, it's one, it, how do I word it? I'm speechless at the same time. But I'm gutted that I'll never get to meet him. Like, no, I'll no, never no. get to pick his brains or, like, anything. Like, it's just... Uh, it's truly that's incredible. I I think that's amazing that Jerry got that moment and Lisa got her moment with him as well. Because mm. yeah, beautiful and wonderful, and I think it's incredible. Anyway, let me move on before I start. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you thank you for everybody that participated in Jamie's challenge this week, we really appreciate it massively. But if you enjoy Jamie's participation challenge, Tom's journal, Callum's treachings, the interview, and all the absolute gobshite we speak at the beginning of this show. They enjoy the other 89 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that be Spotify, Google, Apple, Good Pods, I don't know, Heart FM, I don't know, Radio One, like <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. You can also come follow us on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, hit that bell to get notified of when new videos are released, and comment the shit out of every single video. Just comment galore. It'd be absolutely wonderful, and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You can find all of our shows are on there. All of our interviews are on there. All of our hashtag WBW way back Wednesdays are on there as well. All of our live Bloodstock interviews are on there. Our Bloodstock vlog is on there. And our Dublin Quest vlog is on there as well. More to come this year. Keep your eyes peeled. You can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe, uh, follow us on there, share it everywhere, like, like it comment, put GIFs and memes, whatever you want to do. Just make sure you tell all your mates and get them to follow it as well. But Jamie, thinking about it right now, where else could you find us? You could find us on Amazon, ordering copies of the Presidential Conversations and Presidential Conversations for Kids and subscribing to the Social Contract Podcast. And on the Twitter! At TCO Pod. But whilst you're on Amazon purchasing the Presidential Conversations, Presidential Conversations for Kids and subscribing to the Social Contract Podcast, Whilst on our Twitter, where else could you find us? You could find us trying to get Chris Jericho to call us the Ayatollah Rock and Roller. He's going to tell you to fuck off, but you can try. <laughs> or on the Instagram. Or there. At TCO Pod. You can find us on TikTok at TCO Pod. Go watch Jamie's Chesney Hawks video. That's all I've got to say about that. You can connect with us on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Or you can come to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderful, gorgeously and deliciously little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find out all about me and Jamie on there. All of our shows and episodes are on there. Our affiliations and sponsors are on there. And our shop, our store is on there as well. Grab yourself a t-shirt, grab yourself a hoodie, grab yourself a journal while you're at it. Be absolutely wonderful. It would mean a hell of a lot to us. And keep the lights on, as they say. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias. And, you know, just keep listening every week because we love it and we appreciate every single one of you that comes on a weekly to enjoy your favourite podcast of the week. And now, a word from our Jamie. 
word from our driving. I don't know why it tickled me. Before we get out of it, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. You heard his name mentioned earlier in audience participation. He's the man that supplies us every single piece of music you hear on this show. That man is Mr. Singer-Songwriter Matt Roberts. Go follow him on all the social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Go check out all of his music. You can find him on Spotify, YouTube. No matter where you find music, you will find Matt there and his delicious music, including his most recent album, Light of Day. We cannot recommend it enough. Go check him out right now. And of course, we have to say thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. Head on over there, find whatever you like and add that to your basket. You will find hoodies, T-shirts, tapestries, jogging bottoms, mugs, those glorious mugs. Add whatever you like to your basket and then add in that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off that order. A little present from Mr. Barry to you, our gorgeous listeners. He's now also on tour from today with every avenue. So any American listeners, make sure you get out there and go and see him on tour. He has some very special limited edition Stay Cozy clothing items that you can't get on the store, but you can get on tour. Ooh. And I'm sure if you're at the merch table, just shout the Chronicles at him. It might give you 10% off. It's worth a try, at least. And last but not least, we have to say a massive thank you to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They are stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. Me and Tom are beyond humbled to be official ambassadors of this amazing charity. As the story Tom told at the start of this episode proves, their work is now still relevant It's still happening where people will shout shit to strangers in the streets just because of the T-shirt they're wearing. Nothing more. Simply that. You don't know who you are saying this to. There are many people in this world who are suffering in silence with mental health issues, no matter what it might be. And that might just be the thing that tips them over the goddamn edge. And it's just unacceptable to treat people like that. It is beyond unacceptable. At the end of the day, you have one life. You should be free to live it how you choose. You can dress how you like. You can listen to the music you like. If you want to paint your nails black, fucking do it. If you want to put eyeliner on, do it. If you want to put your hair spiked, six foot tall, pink, do it. I mean, that would be really impressive, six foot tall. I don't know why I said six foot is way too tall, but I, I, want, and I really want to see it. But anyway, do it. We cannot say a big enough thank you to every single person who was at the Download Festival this weekend and went and said hi to the guys. The amount of things they were putting on social media, the cues to go to the store and to give the love to the foundation means the absolute world. And I know me and Tom were not there, but we thank you from the bottom of our heart that you are out there supporting this foundation that means the absolute world to us. We cannot wait to do what we do with them in the summer at the Bloodstock Festival. We cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. And if you're there, come and say hi. It means the absolute world. And last but not least, a massive thank you to my very handsome co-host over there. Ditto, Jamie. Ditto. Same to you too, sir. Always a pleasure. Never a chore, as they say. Um, we absolutely love doing this show every single week, and I absolutely love hosting it with yourself. It's always grandiose. Well, another absolutely excellent episode, another excellent edition of the Chronicles of Podcast with absolutely wonderful guests, George and the artist Cleo. Thank you so much again uh, for taking the time out to come and sit and chat to us all about politics. It was a very interesting conversation. We hope that everybody enjoyed. And uh, as for this week, 
we will see you all next week for the Chronicles of John Mahon. Yeah. This is a good one. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>